Welcome to episode 307 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here. Jason will be joining me very shortly. I was just going to jump in here and get the technical stuff out of the way before we started our discussion. As you can tell right there in the title, this episode is the best of 2020. And if you're just stumbling upon this, it's not the best of our 2020. This isn't some kind of compilation of bits from our podcast. This is the best of 2020 in our eyes as far as music that was released. Every year that we've had this podcast, I believe 2015 was the first podcast episode we did with a best of episode at the end of that year. So this, I believe, would be the sixth one that we've done, and we've had a great time doing them, compiling these lists. Both of us put together a list of our Favorite albums of the year, combine them, use a weighted point system. So whatever my number one is gets 20 points. Same with Jason. Whatever my number 20 is gets one point. And then we combine them together and make a master list from the two of our choices. And you're about to hear what we came out with. If you haven't been listening the last few weeks, we just want to let you know that last week we had Matthew Nelson from Nelson on here. That was a good lengthy one. Some great stuff in there going back to the 80s and 90s. And then we had Reb Beach on right before that, talking about Winger and Whitesnake and Black Swan. Then we had Christian Mikado a couple weeks ago, formerly of Il Nino. He's got a great new solo album. We had Michael, the vocalist from Dark Tranquility. You'll probably be hearing that name here in a bit if that's not too much of a spoiler for you. We've also had Mitch Perry on recently, John Karabi, formerly of Motley Crue and the Dead Daisies and the Scream. Severmind joined us for our 300th episode. We had Mike Spritzer of Devil Driver, Paige Hamilton of Helmet, Tyler Bryant of Tyler Bryant and a Shakedown. Spoiler alert, you're going to be hearing that name again in a bit as well. Donnie V, formerly of Enough's Enough, Damon Johnson, Blake Bedsall from Saul, Alan Robert of Life of Agony. Mercedes Lander, formerly of Kitty, Joe Catella of Dead. This is all in the past couple months. So if you missed out on 2020, there's a ton more going back. The previous 9 to 10 months before that as well. So dig into some stuff you might have missed. And coming up here, starting next week, we're going to have episodes with our good friend Eric Bass. We've got one coming up with Frederick Lecklerk, formerly of Dragon Force. He's now in Creator. We've got Wayne Lozenak from Hatebreed coming soon. We've got Eric the Trainer coming soon. We've got Austin Moe, who is a great new blues artist on the scene. He's coming up soon. And just this past week, we recorded an episode with Brian Wheat of Tesla. So that'll be very cool to have him join us. His bandmate, Frank Hannon, has been on here three times. So it's very cool to get another member of Tesla on here now. All those episodes will be coming here in January. And we've already got a couple others scheduled to record as well, so be looking out for all that. But before we get into our talk here about our favorite albums and music of 2020, I need to let you know that we're sponsored, as always, by DEB Concerts. They're a concert promoter based right here in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area. They bring a lot of great acts to downtown Tulsa at the Ideal Ballroom. They've also booked shows at the arena level at the BOK Center. And they booked the Roadhouse Stage out at Rocklahoma. So, when Rocklahoma gets announced for 2021, which will be Labor Day weekend, we'll be talking all about the Roadhouse Stage bands coming up on that. But in the meantime, 
we got to let you know that April 10th, coming up here in just a little over about three and a half months, there's going to be a great one in downtown Tulsa featuring Queensryche, Lita Ford, the Bullet Boys, and Nita Strauss. Nita Strauss is, of course, Alice Cooper's guitarist, and she does some great solo work. So that'll be a fun one. Get on debconcerts.com to get ticket info and also be kept up to date on any of their 2020 shows that got postponed. And we, of course, keep you up to date here every time we have an episode. So stay tuned here as well. Follow them on Facebook and tell them we sent you. We've also got MedFarm, who is a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51. They're right off the highway. You can't miss them. They've got a huge selection. You can see their entire selection at leafly.com. You can also get on their website, medfarmok.com, and follow them on their socials at medfarmok on Instagram and medfarm on Facebook. That's farm with a PH. They're always running specials, so you can see those on their social medias. And a special that is always running is if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off their, your first order. So be sure and tell them that you heard about them from us to get that discount. And on top of all this, they've got a drive through to make it real easy for you. If you place your order ahead of time via text or phone call, you can swing right through and pick it up and be on your way. And most importantly, their slogan is cannabis with a cause because 30% of their proceeds go to build no-kill animal shelters. That means nearly a third of what they're making is going to a great cause. So that's why you need to choose MedFarm over any other dispensary in this area. I know that there's a dispensary pretty close to where you are right now. I'm telling you, drive the extra 10 minutes or whatever it is over here to Broken Arrow to MedFarm and help them help make all these animals' dreams come true. Like that, I just made that tagline up. That's not really their tagline, but there you go. Head over to MedFarm and tell them we sent you. We've also got Hella Hot Hot Sauce, hot sauce company located in the San Francisco Bay Area. They're a small mom-and-pop style operation that makes small-batch artisan Hot sauces, you can see their entire selection on their website, hellahothotsauce.com. You can also follow them on their socials, which Instagram and Facebook is both hellahothotsauce. Get on there, follow them, tell them we sent you, and also check out these great collaborations they've got with some musicians that have been on this podcast. They had a sauce called Brain Jerk that they teamed up with Ghoul to make, and they also have one that they teamed up with Florida Frank from Hate Breed called Florida Frank's Florida Heat. We've got our hands on a lot of that, and let me tell you something. If you like stuff hot, and this is extremely hot, but it's also extremely flavorful, which is what you want. So check out Hella Hot Hot Sauce and everything they've got going on. Speaking of Florida Frank, he made his debut on our podcast here in 2020 as well. So check that one out if you missed it. Finally, we've got Sunset Tattoo, based right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in Midtown. Jake and his crew are not only awesome, they have... Over 25 years of experience, so you know that when you go in there, your tattoos are going to be done right. In fact, they will be done good and proper. They are state licensed. Most importantly, they are mother approved. So if you get in there, if you give them a call ahead of time, set up an appointment, you can get in there and talk about what work you need to have done. You can get on their Facebook, Sunset Tattoo Tulsa, or their Instagram, at Sunset Tattoo Tulsa, to see a ton of photos of their work. They do some great work. Both Jason and I are going to have something done by them very soon. So we'll be talking about that, of course, once it happens. We've kind of known Jake, I guess, since about the beginning of this podcast. We started going to shows at the Downtown Lounge when Jake had that going. 
And here we are at the end of 2020 talking about Sunset Tattoo. So get over there and tell them that we sent you. And I mean, that's another cool thing to point out. We're here at the end of another year. Sunset Tattoo and Hell Hot Hot Sauce are both sponsors that came on with us here in 2020. So we appreciate both them. And then, of course, we appreciate Medfarm and DEB Concerts who have been with us since long before the start of 2020. We're very happy to have all four of these sponsors rolling with us into another year, 2021. So let's just jump into this here. Here's Jason and I talking about our top 20 albums of 2020, also our honorable mentions. And we'll be talking about a few other things, bands that had EPs out or cover albums, since we don't include those. What else? Live albums, stuff like that. And since we are obviously a rock, we're a hard rock and metal podcast, there's stuff we like that we can't really include on the list. Usually some kind of country or Americana type stuff, so you'll be hearing about that from both of us coming up shortly as well. And then, of course, we've got our official list of the top 20 albums, counting down from 20 to 1. So let's just jump into it. Here's Jason and I in the best of 2020. Good stuff here. We said the best of 2020, which we kind of mentioned a few weeks ago. Is that kind of a, what's the right word, oxymoron? Yeah. Is there really a best of 2020 for anything? <laughs> right. But when it comes to music or movies, you could still make a list, right? Probably exactly. not movies. There weren't even 20 movies that came out this year, was there? I don't think so. <laughs> music was down as far as the, the sheer amount. But there's still a huge amount of music that came out, well, more than 20 albums. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's for sure. And especially in the realm of what we're going to talk about here, which is rock and metal. I mean, we've got a few other things we're going to talk about in a minute, but mainly rock and metal. And I wrote down a list here. Of, I just wrote down a list of stuff that I listened to that I know I liked and that you might have liked some of these. But these are ones that came out that didn't make my list that were great that we listened to, stuff like Havoc. Which I kind of thought would be on both our lists, but it wasn't. I mean, that you know, when I when I did the whole when I did the first deal and just listed like ever like thirty twenty five thirty things, Havoc was on there, um, and I even listened to it the other day, but I just ended up not listening to it as much as I should have. Yeah, uh, I, I could have put it on there, just you know. Oh, uh, just so it's on there, but I don't know. I mean, and that's my own damn fault. <laughs> Nothing against Havoc at all. That's it. Well, I'm the same way. It's like, well, stuff we're talking about here in a minute, like Ozzy or something. I'm surprised I didn't put it on my list. Right. But anyway, because <laughs> there's 20 other things that I guess technically I liked a little bit better. Satriani was another one that came out that we both dug. Revolution Saints. Yeah. Tokyo Motor Fist, I actually just listened to that again when I was making my list. Mm-hmm. And it's good, but it's not next level good, so maybe that's I why I didn't probably yeah. honor. But that's a good, I mean, if you're not familiar with that band, if you're listening, if you like your melodic rock, if okay. you like either Trickster or Danger Danger, that's exactly what it sounds like. Those two bands yes. combined. So. Yes, it does. <laughs> 
Then we've had a new one from Static X, which I thought was great. I almost included on my list, but then we had Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons with another good album. Had some classic rock from Blue Oyster Cult and Deep Purple and Kansas all put out albums in the last couple months. Witch Taint, which the mighty Witch Taint is here. So remember this, 2020 is the year that you got Witch Taint. 2030, you're not going to forget that. We also had, sorry, I lost my place here, Sons of Apollo, British Lion, Delane, Sepultura, Lordy, Demons and Wizards, that was a good one, Anvil, Brian Posehn had a cool album come out. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That was entertaining yeah. for sure. When speaking of that, as far as comedy, also... Uh, Don Jameson. Yeah, Don Jameson. He's uh, been on his podcast. <laughs> was it Denim and Laughter? That was a good yeah. one. Just name alone makes it. You should have right, made the right. list, right? How did you forget? It was on here. I know. <laughs> Elder. That album from Elder is really good. Trivium is another one I was surprised that didn't stick with either of us. Elstorm. King Buzzo. That's a cool one. Actually, a member of King Buzzo's band made it on to the top 20 in another band. More on that later. Paradise Lost is back with a great album. Fintroll, kind of the same thing. A band that both of us have always dug. Paramount 5000 has a cool new album. Devil Driver. Christian Mikado's debut solo album is pretty cool. And then, did I say, oh, Marilyn Manson. Which I know you're not the biggest fan, but we're big Shooter Jennings fans, and he produced right. that album, and it's got a real David Bowie vibe, so it's yeah. something to check out if you haven't. It's the most listenable Marilyn Manson I've ever heard, <laughs> and it's probably because of Shooter, because Shooter's amazing. Yeah, so he made Marilyn Manson listenable to Jason Wood. I mean, come on, that's a feat. <laughs> but then getting into a few, I wrote down some stuff to mention, because 2020 was kind of, with all the weird shit going on, kind of became the year of the cover song. Yeah. Because so many artists would either full bands or makeshift uh, collaborations were getting together and doing songs via either live or via Zoom. Mm -hmm. Or bands put out full albums like uh, both Elefson and BPMD. Yeah. Which I know we dug both those. Yes. And we even had David Elfson on here earlier this year. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, if you want, you know, cover albums are always good, dude. Yeah, it's always I mean, fun. It's always fun. Yeah. I mean, what do you... There's nothing bad about them. Yeah. Yeah, and BPMD is like a super group. Well, we even had uh, Mark Mingy on here. Right. Around that time that that came out. And both those albums feature just tons of covers of classic rock, 80s, when Elson even gets into the 90s with some fight, which yeah. is really cool. Another one that came out recently, just like two or three weeks ago, was Chris Cornell's cover album, mm -hmm. which was one of the final things he had worked on yeah. before he died. And I personally listened to this for like four days straight. Really? Like I, I gave him a spin. Yeah. Uh, you know, that guy's voice is just, I mean, I think we've, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll just say something quick before you go, because you're a way bigger fan. But I mean, when we're all dead and gone, like <laughs> 600 years from now, you know, the way we look at I don't know, Beethoven or whoever, people will look at Chris Cornell and his voice like that. His voice is just insane. It doesn't matter if you like the songs he's covering right? or, you know, whatever, or if you were a Soundgarden fan or whatever or not. It's just a, 
an iconic voice. Yeah. Yeah, he makes, yeah, he could just make the most boring things. Um, if you, if he did a cover album of just like reading the freaking 1984 or the Bible or something, I would just like, <laughs> well, this is the best album of 2020. <laughs> but no, like his cover of, uh, Get It While You Can by Janis Joplin. And of course, the, everybody knows probably by now the Patience cover from GNR because that got released a few months ago. But it's, I just said, I love Chris Cornell. There's no reason you won't love this. Right. And besides cover albums, well, another one to mention, this is a, this wasn't an album, but we have to mention Charlie Benante. Oh, man. Because this is the year of Benante when it comes to cover songs. He is, if we had to make a list of top 20 cover songs, probably 10 of them would be something involving Charlie Benante this year. Exactly. And he's, you know, he's done it so brilliantly and he's done it so much. Now it's almost hard to keep track of, yeah. You know who's on what, who he got to do it with, and what song he's doing, and this and that and the other. And it's almost yeah, weekly there for a while. Yeah, totally. And uh, I mean, if if this is something you're not up on, just go to YouTube and just type in Charlie Benante. Yeah, and you'll have like an hour, maybe an hour and a half of shit to watch. Yeah, I mean, and there's, yeah, there's all video. Yeah, it's all video. Video all, of all so of many guests from. People from the Butcher Babies to Living Color to, um, you know, Trickster. Fuck. Yeah. To, uh, I mean, Well, it started Testament. with, uh, yeah, it started with Alex Skolnick yeah. and uh, Ron I'm, Diaz from Suicidal Tendencies yes. were with him on several, like, Rush songs, right? And right. And then it kind of expanded from there into just everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It really is. I think one of my, the two that jumped into my head was he did the one where it was just him playing all the instruments and yeah. John Bush singing. And it was yes. kind of like a... Package Rebellion? Yeah, where they did a cover of... Yeah. Well, not technically a cover because it was the two of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Anthrax song from Sound of White Noise, but he also did a cover with Daryl from uh, Run DMC and where he did... I think they called it like the, the DMC medley or something. Right. Where it's just basically they did a medley of Run DMC songs. With him on vocals, obviously, and then yeah, that, I remember that had Rod Diaz, and I think that had Phil Dimmel on it, and it was just amazing. The Red Barquetta with uh, oh right, the singer from Crowbot, yeah, and Alex Skolnick, amazing, yeah, just amazing, and my favorite. That's my favorite yeah. one. And as much as I love Crow Crowbot and knew how much I love this guy, that was just like kind of eye opening. And I'm like, he just kind of, his voice, I didn't know it would get to that Getty Lee level. Yeah, you know? and he, yeah, totally, totally did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and side note, Crowbot released a Christmas song just a few weeks ago, so check that out. Okay, besides cover albums, other things we don't include in our top list is EPs. Right. And there was a decent amount of EPs that came out this year. For me, the number one it was so good that it should have been allowed to be on the list was the Soil Work EP. But I am like a diehard Soil Work right. fan, so. I, I still have not listened to that yet. It's on my list. Okay. And it just never hadn't come around. Just like with the Night Flight Orchestra and Soil Work, we're kind of, we're in one of those time periods in life where if you're a fan of Bjorn Strid like I am, you're getting more music than you would expect from somebody right. like because Getting almost on a yearly basis, you're getting one of those bands, if not both of them. You know, because we got last year, we got an album from both of them. This year, we got an album and an EP from both of them. 
But we also had EPs from Junkyard, which was great. Yeah, I didn't want it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. That thing is so fucking good. Yeah, uh, Rome is burning. That's that's one of the best fucking songs in, in history. Ever. Oh, in history, okay. I mean, <laughs> dude, it, the I mean the the melody, the riff, and then the lyrics and the message. It's just like holy shit, man. Yeah. I'm just gonna put my guitar down. There's no point of even doing anything. You know, it, it just I really wish that that song this band would have got more you know notoriety right you know over the years they fucking deserve it for sure yeah and we had Patrick Mozingo on this podcast for a second time whenever around the time or right before that EP came out we also got a new EP from the Nixons which Which was great which was great some re-records yeah and they had that great song Favorite Lies was Mm -hmm. would have been in my top list of the year of songs Crutch yeah, that was great. And we had Ricky Brooks on here. That was actually, I think, last year mm-hmm. now. But then Zill and Arter had an EP. I wrote down Mark Morton. Was that early this year or was that last year? Did I miswrite that? I'm not sure. The, the covers one? No, that was this year because that was on my 2020 list. Okay. That I, that I made as the year went on. Okay. So you're good. Like it's got Mark from Sons of Texas doing yes. a cover of Pearl James Black. And it's got some other great stuff on there so check that one out we had the ep from behemoth yes and that, that was kind of kind of like the live stream i i don't know that kind of snuck up on me i'm like oh shit yeah and i gotta listen to this i don't listen to it but that really only had what just a couple one or two new songs mm-hmm. and then some live stuff if i remember yeah and then um i uh I was listening to Nurgle on Josta, and he's talking about a live stream. I'm like, I'm like, well, how did I fall asleep on this? So I went and looked it up, and there's a whole, they did a whole live stream with the whole production and the fire and everything. Wow. I'm mean, go look it up. It's insane. I'm like, how did I not know about this? It's like there's so many of them now that they start to slip through the cracks. Maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. You know, <laughs> so. Yeah. And then I guess uh, John Schaefer and Matt Barlow put on an EP. And then we had Machine Head. Didn't ever technically put out an EP, but they put out an EP's worth of music. Right. Which was pretty cool. They had that yeah. one double, two songs come out at once. One of them featured uh, Jesse Leach from Killswitch. Which Stop the Bleeding. Stop the Bleeding, yeah. And then they've released a couple other songs since then. One just came out two or three weeks ago, which is probably my favorite of all of them. Right. And then, uh, let me see, besides them, oh, of course, the System of a Down songs kind of came out of nowhere. Those were great. It had been 15 years. and Yeah, and, and the, you know, the funny thing about those was they did two songs that were totally indicative of the two sounds that that band has. That's a great point. One was just like the, you know, the, the melodic, you know, here's the, the melodic rocker. You know, I hate to say the groove lane rocker. Right. It's not. It's just a mother down. So it's sing along radio this is course. Legit. Yeah. No, it was just, you know, your mid tempo, you know, melody, catchy thing. And then the other one was just fucking manic and crazy and all the sounds and shit. Right. Um and <laughs> it was, you know, pretty <clears throat> it was a, you know, a nice thing to hear. It's kind of Made me want to go because I I got I kind of checked out on that band a long ass time ago and I think you kind of checked in 
Yeah. You know, where we kind of, we kind of traded off there. <laughs> right. So it kind of makes me want to go back and, and revisit some of that stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's what good songs did, I guess. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then we also had the Lynch Mob reimagined Wicked Sensation come out. That was great. That was cool. I yeah. had that on cassette, by the way. God right. damn it. We did a YouTube video <laughs> review of that. Yeah. <laughs> we also did a YouTube video review of Metallica's S&M 2. Right. Which came out in September, I believe it was, or August, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, a great package, a great thing, but you know that's not going to go on our... Yeah. We can't... It's, it's live. A, it's, and a it's a live album. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I'll just mention this in passing, since I know you don't like it, but Danzig finally got his Elvis covers album out, and I dug it. You know, I need to hear this. Just it's, it's like ten songs. Curiosity of it. It's like ten or twelve songs, and there's two or three where I'm kind of like, eh. But there's several of them that I really dug. Yeah, I remember talking to Jason Carroll, and he was really looking for it. And he didn't like it at all. So yeah. that kind of tells you it could go either way for you. <laughs> and then we had uh, Clutch with the Weathermaker Vault series. They had released these throughout the past like year and a half, and then just about maybe a month ago mm-hmm. they released. I don't know if it's just a digital... I think you can buy it on vinyl. Could you buy it on vinyl? Yeah, they... they <laughs> here's the thing. They did a pre-order of it, and it sold out like that. Okay. Like, it's right. already like a white vinyl, you know, the whole shebang that Clutch does. Yeah. And it's only a certain amount, a limited run. And by the time I got to it, it was sold out. Oh, so, okay. Oh, well, you know. But, you know, at least you can stream it, and it's re-records, covers... Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Randy Bly from Lamb God guests on a song. Um, they've got, you know, a CCR cover. They do a song. They, uh, they do a ZZ punk. Top. Yeah, they do a punk song in Spanish. Right. It's fucking great. It's really cool. So it's yeah. a cool set. So yeah, you got that digital album out there of like, what, 10, 12, 13 songs? Yeah. And, and then just like in the past few days, did you see the the thing that Neil Fallon yes. put out where he recorded the, vocals and wrote lyrics for that kid's song. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. That's cool. Yeah. So look that up. Some kid that's like 13 and his dad cover clutch songs and Neil Fallon saw it and they sent him some music and he wrote a song with him and that video's on, on YouTube. I think that's... Oh, and then we were also going to mention that we decided not to include Richie Totson yes. on this list because... If you listen to Richie Kotzen's music, there's no there's no universe, there's no timeline where he would not be in the top anything. Right. If your list is top 50, top 20, top 10, top 5, he should probably be on it. But we thought, well, this is 50 songs. That's the equivalent of like an average band's four albums. Yeah. And it's like, how do you like say, is this an album or is this four albums or what is this? But it's extremely good and it's like... Three and a half hours worth of music. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. So it's like I barreled through it straight through one time, and then the rest of the times I would listen to stuff here or there. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if a guy can put out fifty songs at once that are fifty new songs, and it doesn't sound like a bunch of fucking filler, which like how do how do you do that? Right. I uh, mean, you, that, you're Richard Cox, and that's how you do it. What's I that tell you? <laughs> uh, have you heard his new song with Adrian Smith? No, freaking! You said that, and I totally forgot to ever listen to it. You motherfucker! <laughs> okay, before you leave here tonight, we're listening to that. All right. Okay. Yeah. 
Make no mistake. Yeah. But it's a great song. And they both sing on it. Whatever. It's awesome. Okay. So anyways, proceed. All right. Richard Katzen. <laughs> <laughs> and Me and That Man was the other album we decided kind of not to put on it. Because like you mentioned, it's a little more. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's well, rock in a way. But it's, and it's full of rock musicians. But it's kind of folky in a way, like you said. And, 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 and you know, it kind of goes with, you know, the art. Like you had it down in our outline, the non-rock favorites. Yeah, so like, I mean, I guess you could talk about it in that category. Yeah, like where where do we where do we go? Because like you know, Sturgill Simpson put out you know two bluegrass records this year, and they're fucking amazing. Probably the top of the whole year, but I can't put it on this. Yeah, um, I could, I think, definitely put me and that man on this like more. Right, um, and there's definitely arguments for it. But, you know, also there's arguments for the Struts, yeah. which, I mean, they're rock, and this is probably one of the more rock things, rock albums they've done. But at the same time, you've got Robbie Williams on it, and you've got um, you, you got some fucking goofball from the Strokes on it, too. <laughs> so it's like, I, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, it's just too... Some of these records, you know, we are a hard rock and heavy metal uh you know, thing here. So it's, it, I don't know. But we always made the decision, like if it's considered rock and roll, we can include it for your stuff like yeah. coming up, like Tyler Bryant or stuff like right. Damon Johnson in the past. Or <laughs> We'll see. You know what? The Struts did have Joe Elliott and Phil Collins on that record too. Yeah. I think that could have classified. But So maybe I'm the asshole. I don't <laughs> know. But the list is done, so whatever. Right. Well, then kind of going into that, like, I mean, you just kind of mentioned them, but your non-rock kind of favorites of the year were the Struts and Stardust Simpson. Yes. And, you know, me and that man, definitely. Yeah. Even though, see, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We could go around and around about this. Right. So, but yes, those are mine. Yeah. Okay. Mine were, I mean, I dug the Sturgill Simpson stuff, and then the other two were falling into the country category as well with Chris Stapleton and his new album that just came out about a month ago, starting over. And then, just fantastic. I mean, that's just one of those guys that, he's he's probably the only mainstream, I mean, he's like the guy carrying the flag as far as mainstream goes. Because Sturgill Simpson is a a name now, but I don't consider him. No. He's not a mainstream country artist, but Chris Stapleton is now. Yeah. And he might be the only one that's like not, not border, like Brad Paisley or these other guys that are good, but are still kind of borderline. Right. Can slip into that. Yeah. Pop country room. Oh, Stapleton's yeah. not doing that. I mean, <laughs> I know. But I haven't heard this CD yet. I need to. Okay. And, but, you know, and Sturgill, he'll get up and he'll jam out with Chris Stapleton, you know. Yeah. Like on Saturday Night Live and live, they'll play lead guitar for him and stuff. But Sturgill's more of a, a little bit more of a, uh, you know, a rebel. Yeah. For lack of a better term. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's done that stuff where he mm-hmm. kind of bucks the system with Yes. The, CMAs and mm-hmm. the Opry and all that stuff. But, and then my other one was Orville Peck. And he's considered country, but over half the stuff he does doesn't even sound country. Right. He's kind of hard to categorize, which is a great thing. And he had an EP come out this year <clears throat> that's just a couple of my favorite songs of the year on that thing. Really? And it's all like six songs. And he does a cover of uh, Reba, well, Bobby Gentry's Made famous by Reba McIntyre, Fancy, Fancy, which is just unbelievable. Well, yeah. Hearing a dude with a deep voice singing, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, you think Nashville's ready for a gay cowboy? No, no. not. That uh, no. they can't, they can't wrap their stupid head around that. Yeah. So, and that's how you know it's good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I would be sold right there without even hearing the music. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Nashville hates it. Oh, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that might be. Scroll back through. I think that might be it on all the pre stuff before we get into the the official stuff here. So kind of like we mentioned before, the our top twenty is done in a weighted manner where everything's given a point value based on its number. So if it's number one or two on our list, that means it gets twenty or nineteen points. If it's number nineteen or twenty on the list, that means it gets two or one point. And then we just combine them together. So obviously between the two of us. We're not going to have the exact same 20 albums on our personal lists, mm-hmm. so stuff's going to fall off. And usually it's around the same amount. It seems like it's usually about six albums or so that fall off. Right. Five to six. You know, we're just different cats. Yeah. But the, you know, and my, my, I mean, let's really be honest here. My musical taste is a little bit better than yours, so. That's been proven in, yeah. I guess, the last few <laughs> years, huh? But no, it has not. <laughs> even though, in a sense, we're different cats when it gets to some stuff, but the cool thing is... When we get to it, we'll mention it. But our top, our top three albums on our final list here were both in our top personal top fours. Exactly. Our one and two were exactly so, the same. So that's kind of what really matters at the end of the day. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> when it, yeah. And even the top ten, I think there's only one or two of them that weren't on both of our top tens. So, right. but of the the six that fell off, I believe four of them were. On my end, and two of them were on your end. So these are our official honorable mentions. And my first one was, my first one, that, or the top one for me that fell off was Avatar, Hunter Gatherer. And I remember when that came out that we both, I mean, we talked about it. And it's Avatar, who we both love. But I think at the end of the day, it, it didn't like hit me the same way that the last couple albums did. Right. But it was still a great album. Yeah, the the last one about the king. Yeah, was just fucking amazing. Yeah, and uh, that one hit me more. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so that was a great concept album, and this one, I mean, had great stuff. And it's kind of, I remember mentioning this before when we talked about it, Avatar. They're a band that like in that realm of like Faith No More, or I don't know who else to mention that can kind of hit so many different genres and it not sound like yeah. they're trying to hit yeah like they're forcing themselves into that like it just sounds natural and even though avatar's definitively a metal band they off they do stuff that most metal bands can't do and especially vocally he can kind of hit everything he wants to and this album like colossus is just heavy as fuck and then you got all this other stuff gun you remember yeah i mean it's just like this total laid back just yeah. like Almost like a social message, but at the same time, it's just a great laid back song. It's hitting the opposite end of what they do, you know. Yeah, that guy's. Uh, yeah, that guy's voice is. Uh, Want to take some insurance out on that? Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. The next one I had on my list was "Killer Be Killed," "Reluctant Hero." This just came out, I think, in November, maybe October, but regardless. If you're not familiar with Killer Be Killed, it's kind of a super group. This is their second album. Max Cavalera, of course, Sepultura, and Cavalera, Conspiracy, all that great shit. And then Greg 
how do you say his last name? Do you know? Pucciato or Pucciato? I think the first one there. Okay. Which one to go with. All right. From Dillinger Escape Plan and then Troy Sanders from Mastodon. And the cool thing is those three guys I listed are all vocalists and they all kill it, be kill them. It's all right. free rain. Right. You know, so you get a song that sounds, gives you that Sepultura vibe or gives you that Soulfly vibe. Then you get a one that gives you that Mastodon vibe. And it's all just like a mix of thrashiness, hardcoreness, melodic stuff. And as much as I never really got into Dillinger Skate Plan, everything else that this guy does is fantastic. There you go. Like I even heard just the other day on Sirius, they're playing a like a, a solo song from him that's only available on there. Mm-hmm. They haven't digitally released it anything, and it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it, but... <laughs> so, if you listen to Liquid Metal, look out for that. <clears throat> but yeah, just another great album from Killer Be Killed. And then I also had Mitch Perry Group. Their debut album called Music Box. Came out earlier this year, and we had Mitch Perry on the podcast talking about it more than once. We had him on here on episode 261, then again on episode 292 for the Eddie Van Halen tribute, and then just recently, episode 302. So check all those out to hear more about this album. But this album is your typical... Sounds like a classic rock band, even though it's a brand new band, but it's done in a very well done way where it doesn't right. sound like, hey, these are some dudes at the local pub that want to sound yeah. like fuck foreigner. You know, <laughs> these these are dudes that are all, obviously Mitch Perry has been a well-oiled machine for fucking 40 years and the rest of his band are all seasoned veterans of the music scene. So when they got together and made some music that sound like music they grew up on, like the Stones, mm. they knocked it out of the park. St. Valentine is fucking fantastic. They do a cover of Jumpin' Jack Flash, and they do it in their own style. They completely slow it down and make it like a blues song, which, I mean, you know, the Stones are already a blues band anyway, but they make it even more just bluesy, and it doesn't even pick up to the song you know towards the very end. Right. But, yeah, so just dig through this, and there's a song called Believe, which is straight-up piano-driven ballad, which kind of... A calling card for 2020 type songs. So <laughs> that's something else to check out. And then here, I'll just mention mine before we go into yours too. I had them in order of how they fell off, but I see my final one that fell off was Dirty Shirley. And that's another one. If you're not familiar with it, this was another George Lynch jam. The so one of 582 <laughs> yeah. bands that he is in. If you like projects. George Lynch, Guess what? There's another album coming in 2020. Yeah, yeah, 2021. Sure. I don't know the name of the album, the name of the band, or what when it's going to come out, but I promise you it will come out. Right. But Dirty Shirley, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of George Lynch, and it seems like every year something he has done ends up on my list mm-hmm. of stuff I love that year. But it's not like he's still a great songwriter, but it, if you hear it so much, it gets kind of like, okay. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting a little too much shit out there. Slow down. Yeah. But the thing that takes this to that next level is the vocalist. And Dino, don't have his name in front of me, I can't remember how to say it. Is it Jeselnik? Or not, not Anthony Jeselnik. Dino. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> if you've ever heard Animal Drive, you're probably like, you get a hard on when you hear this guy's voice. 
like listen to the beginning of their cover of Rock Sets the Look, and it's like, oh, is this Millie Majedovic? Is this Rob Halford? Right. No, this is some dude from Croatia that's kicking your ass. So anyway, he teams up with George Lynch, and they release a 12-song album of epic, just huge George Lynch-style guitar-driven, mm-hmm. melodic, heavy rock. And like the song, The Dying is one of my favorite songs of the year. And then you've got Here Comes the King, just all this stuff. So if you're a fan of that George Lynch hard rock that transcends Dokken, all the stuff he's done since, I think you'll love this album. Right, so. right. Then getting into the final two things that fell off our list were both albums I'm surprised I didn't have on my list. So I forced yeah. them off the main list, I guess. But One massive, huge artist and one... Well, pretty big artist. It's been around a while. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ozzy Osbourne, Ordinary Man. I know, I didn't think that I would love an Ozzy record again since Osmosis. Um, you but thank you. You're sitting here at the end of 2019 talking about it. Yeah. You would have never imagined it would be on the Oh, list. no. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> because it's just, it's just uh, you know, a lot of his records, you know, in the 2000s were became filler. They really did. Like, uh, let's just have something just, just to have something while we go on tour. Yeah. I mean, it it was kind of uninspired for, you know, to my ears, whatever. And then, you know, but you know, you bring Andrew Watt in, Duff McKagan on bass, Chad Smith from Red Hot Chili Peppers on drums. Uh, Andrew Watts producing, playing guitar. You got Slash to throw down some solos. Andrew Watt wrote some too. Yeah, I yeah. think that's I what elevated this personally. It, well, see, and that's and that's where I was going. Oh, you know, you're never going to know with the Osborne camp. You're never going to know really who wrote what because they want you to think it's all Aussie. Yeah, and we know good and goddamn well it's not. <laughs> so whatever. I, so I don't know what it. You know. Keep Andrew Watt, keep his phone number close. <laughs> yeah, because it was an inspired record with great melodies, great riffs. Um, it's his best work since Osmosis. Yeah, I agree. It's his most, um, it feels like he gives a shit again. Um, and they're doing another one, which is great. Um, so, Have you heard is Andrew Watt doing it again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah they're doing, they, yeah, it's all the same deal. Okay. So, I mean, this is, I mean, I, I can't wait. Uh, and this is what, and and, you know, I get it. You know, I, I, he can't tour. He says he's going to tour again. Guess what? Ain't happening. Um, and, but you know, if he can sit there and sing, why not? Especially if they're going to do shit like they're doing. Yeah. People are excited about it. Yeah. I'll listen to that all day long. So there you go. And I think the title track. Fan. I mean, that's my favorite song on the album. With, uh, with Elton, Elton John. John yes. And then the song Scary Little Green Man. It's great. It's you great. Know. It's all great. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I'm personally surprised I didn't put it on my list, but I think just as the year went on. So much other shit yeah, came out. It, it just is like, fuck. Man. It wasn't like, yeah. I don't think there's filler on this album, but I think it wasn't like there was an album full of songs that I could just want to listen to. Because now, right. when I think of this, I go back and listen to those two songs I mentioned, maybe Under the Graveyard. Mm-hmm. Couple other songs, but I don't think I want to listen to straight through, which I can. 
But that's just kind of why I yeah. think it fell off my list. Yeah. Which is the same reason the next one probably fell off my list, too. Blackstone Cherry, yeah. The Human Condition. Yeah. It was on my list. Um, I love this band. You know me. I've championed this band so many times on this podcast. Yeah. Um, they are they are rock and roll. They are American rock and roll. Um, it is a goddamn shame. They aren't huge and famous in this country. Um, you know, they, they, they play arenas in, in the UK because those people know what rock and roll is. Um, yeah, these guys know. can play Wembley on their own. Yeah. But, you know, here everyone's, you know, they're, they're, they're too concerned with their monster energy drinks and their face <laughs> tattoos, right. uh, to fucking understand what real rock and roll is. Well, and to put that in perspective, if they go there, like Shinedown or Hellstorm would open for Blackstone Cherry. Yeah, exactly. And here, that's not even in the consideration. Exactly. Blackstone Cherry would definitely open for either of those bands in Which America. Which is so fucked up, it's not even funny. Right. So, um, you know, and and, uh, and this is a great record. Do not get me wrong. I, I just was really just a fan of where they went, the direction they went the last record, a little bit more roots here. Um, you know, and so... Uh, it just this record didn't hit me like the last one did. Um, it's a great one. I I literally listened to it the other day, yeah. um, all the way through again. Uh, but you know, it just that's just kind of the way it went in twenty twenty. Yeah, you know, but it doesn't matter. I still love this band, and oh, I yeah. still listen to them all the time. Yeah, and it's just you know how it goes, and, and and I think it's it's you know it's important that we uh you know i don't know maybe i'm being politically correct whatever but you know when we talk about this stuff it's it's not that this stuff is bad or it sucks it's just it's just how we we say this this saying over and over again here but it's just how stuff hit us this year yeah i mean there's well like all that stuff we mentioned earlier there's 10 or 12 albums that i would love to have on the official list right but you got to cut it off somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't have a top. I can't you can like some of these. I've always wondered how these damn like websites do that. Where like the top 50 of the year. I'm like, how do you even Motherfucker, get you're headed that way. That's why I'm trying but to we tell still you. we got 30 top years. Top 10. We're only doing top 10 from here on out. We got this 30 years to crazy. get to that point. You know? Oh my God. <laughs> We're going to get in a fight on the podcast. <laughs> right. Tell you what. But no, you're right. It's like, I don't know. What do you do? Where do you stop? Where do you start? I don't Yeah, so... I don't know. It, it just... It, <laughs> this is the way the ball bounces in 2020. That's right. But yeah, some good stuff from Black Sun. The Chain, that was a great song. Right, right. And that had kind of had a 2020 type message to it, I think. Yeah. All right. So jumping into the official top 20 here. Thunder Underground top 20 of 2020. Number so yeah, we I mean when I skim through this list, this is the thing I always like about our list since we're not since we're a broad thing, if you're just rock and metal. We've got pretty much most genres you could think of when it comes to that kind of stuff represented here. It's great. Whether it be thrash, whether it be hardcore, whether it be classic rock, whether it be, you know, your more modern metal, or whether it be hardcore, did I say that? Blast beats. Right. Melodic death metal. All this great stuff's represented bluesy rock. So but and it wouldn't be a top twenty without a band from Sweden. So we've got three of them here for you. <laughs> three bands from Sweden in this top twenty. 
And we're kicking it off with one of them, and that's Dark Tranquility in their album Moment, which just came out in November. And in fact, the singer Michael was on our podcast just recently, episode 303. Did you figure out how to say his last name? I did, but I already forgot. God, so That's why I didn't it. say it right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I always want to say Stan, but on camera, if that's right. Because I don't ever hear it saying, said out loud, but... I see, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Dark Tranquility, melodic death metal band from Sweden. The melodic death metal band. There's obviously bands we love that have been lumped in that category, like Soil Work and In Flames and Scar Symmetry, but this is the band that spearheaded that genre in the early 90s. Oh, definitely. And here we are nearly 30 years later, and they're still, they're one of those bands that can put out an album and you know that it's going to be good. You don't have to worry if it might be okay, but and moment is no different. Excuse me. We did a YouTube video here right before it came out doing our little mini review on uh, our first listen, but the lead single Phantom Days is fantastic. Yeah. The song Identical to None is probably my favorite one on the album. And then just all the way through here. I mean, there's songs like the Dark Unbroken and Remain in the Unknown, where he gets where the melodicness comes in from mm-hmm. his voice. I mean, there's always the melodicness in the music, but and I mean, he's got a great voice that transcends all that stuff. And this is the first album that features two new guitarists, one of which being Chris Amott from Arch Enemy right. Fame. I forgot about that. Yeah. So that's another thing you know with bands like this. Any metal band from Sweden is going to have extremely technically great guitarists, and right. Dark Tranquility's never been any different, but now they've got two amazing guitarists in here carrying the torch on, so... Yeah. If you if you like melodic death metal in any sense or fashion, and even if you're, you're like, what is melodic death metal? I don't like death metal. Well, give this thing a shot, because their music... You know, it's something else we talked about in an episode of them, is that they're kind of like a mixture of your something like Depeche Mode mixed with extremely heavy stuff. So you get that kind of like ambience feeling to it. Yes. So it's something I would think anyone should check out, even if you're not a death metal fan, you know? All right. So number 19 might be the heaviest album on the list. Um, There's no might about it. Okay. Napalm Death, Throes of Joy, and the Jaws of Defeatism. The heaviest um, and the longest title on the list. Yes. Uh, yeah, gird your loins, motherfuckers. This is an album and a half. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's Napalm Death, so you know what you're going to get. It's grindcore. It's, you know, it's brutal. It's intense. It's abrasive. Um, you know, it's a hard listen. And, uh, you know, hard listen. <laughs> you, 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 Figuratively and literally. Yeah. It, you need to do about 20 to 50 push-ups before you listen to this shit. <laughs> um, you know, and, and it's, it, it just pulls, it, it, it demands so much of you. You know, it demands so much of your, your ears and your thoughts. Um, you know, uh, a moral flexing the muscle, uh, fuck the factoid to kick the album off. It's just, I mean, it's just the kick in the ass that you need. It really is. Yeah. So uh, there's no way this wasn't going to be on the list. Yeah. So if you just like shit to just be thrown in your fucking face, this is where you need to 
to head after you finish this. <laughs> right, right. Well, like we just mentioned with Dark Tranquility, spearheading the genre. I mean, Napalm Death is also a band that did the same with Grindcore. Oh, totally. I totally. mean, they're the band that spearheaded that. I know? agree. I agree. Number 18. I don't guess they technically spearheaded anything, but they were a part of a movement back in the day. Or he was a part of a movement with his band, Saxon. Yes. But his debut solo album came out at the beginning of 2020. Yep. Before this pandemic hit, we got the School of Hard Knocks from Biff Byford. Yes. Um, We've had him on the show. Um, What number was that? I had it written down. I thought you had it written down. Episode 169. There you go. So check that out. You know, we're big Saxon fans. This is a great record. I think Welcome to the Show is just one of the one of the one of the greatest, you know, triumphant, victorious songs of twenty twenty. Um, it's just wide open and it's so positive and it's so it, it's it's so memorable and huge memorable and, and huge and it, it's, it's like an arena rock pop, yes bombast. It's, it's it's what you want to think to make you think. Oh, maybe this year isn't so bad, but really it is. But this is going to give you, like, it's going to make you feel warm and cozy and shit. Yeah. Okay, that's this fucking song. But, you know, there, there's, you know, he does a Scarborough Fair. Um, but, you know, the School of Hard Knocks is a great one, too. That's a good, you know, uh, it, it's just, it, it's like, it's a maybe the, not the heavy metal side of Saxon, but the hard rock side of Saxon. The mid '80s Saxon. Yeah, well, not as not as polished. Okay, you know, not as corny. Well, so yeah. so I mean that's what you're getting with this record, and I I loved it. I enjoyed it. I kind of kind of liked it more than I thought it would. You yeah, know, if if I'm being honest, so which is surprising as much as you love. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just thought maybe it'd be more mellow covers or something. I didn't know, or more you know maybe he's going. To, what if he's going in a totally different direction, you know? But he just kind of made a little bit of a left turn. Yeah. So this it was great and it's awesome. Which is kind of a thing we might repeat here because there's another artist in our top five which you could say the exact same thing about. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, number 17 is Lucifer in their album three. Right. And this, I'm going to throw my little piece in here real quick. Go ahead. Like, I remember listening to this when it came out, like you had mentioned it or something, I think. And I liked it. And then whenever you sent me your preliminary list a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, I saw that on there. I'm like, oh, he likes this that much? So I'm like, I need to go back and oh man, I need to delve back into this because I literally listened to it once. So I went and listened to this album again a couple more times. Yeah, and I still I really dug it, but it it didn't hit me so much that I'm like, okay, I need to knock shit on the list. But I really dug like Midnight Phantom. This is just one of those bands that it does. They're not reinventing the wheel, but they're doing everything you know and love in that genre of, yes. of rock like extremely well, and her voice yeah. is. Ex- Fucking great. Yeah, just, her voice is haunting. And, it, you know, it's like, it's kind of like what she said. It's like, you know, when I'm trying to compile this list, I'm like, fuck, yeah, that record. Let me listen to that again. <laughs> it, just, it it moved so many places up the ladder. Yeah. It really did for me. And um, what I loved, uh, you know, there's great, there's great show in here. Pacific Blues is awesome. Ghost is awesome. But, but you know, it's like, I, I'm kind of like... You know, I'm YouTubing them, I'm researching them, 
and uh, the singer, she's, you know, she's kind of denouncing the whole stonery, doom kind of label, which is great. It's great, but how could she denounce the stonery label? Because that's Who knows? Movie. But you know what? That's her <laughs> art, and I did. Oh, yeah. Because then you're left to go, wow, okay, well then, okay, gotcha. What, what am I going to call this? What am I going to do? You know, and I really dug that. That stuck out to me. And I don't even know the answer to that own question. What am I going to do? What is this? But that's great. And that's what good art, good music does for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Is this their third album? Okay, that was a bad joke. (sighs) Next. We love Lucifer. Next. (laughs) Next would be Mr. Bungle. Right. The Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny demo and is this a demo no it's not but it's called that because it's i'm going to try to do this very short a short history lesson for those of you that don't know this was the name the raging rest of the Easter bunny was the name of mr bungle's first demo they did in the mid 80s and i think you can find it out there on the internet if you would like they thought we're going to get back together and record an album and in typical Mr. Bungle fashion, they're like, let's just do some crazy shit that no one sees coming or a lot of people probably don't even want. We're going to re-record a demo, but then we're like, fuck it, you know, it's, of course, it's Mike Patton, the greatest vocalist in the history of music. Well, no, it's... And it's, then... <laughs> there's going to be tons of people that want this. Well, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, they they took... I mean, Mr. Bungle's already a niche thing, but they took it like, let's make this niche thing even more of a niche thing. And I mean, but you got the core of the original Mr. Bungle. You got Trevor Dunn and Trace Bruins and of course Mike Patton. Right. And then they're like, well, this album's more just a bombastic thrash album than, or this music than what Mr. Bungle eventually became, which was avant-garde weird mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. For the most part. So they're like, well, let's get the greatest drummer in the history of thrash and let's get. Yeah. Maybe the greatest rhythm guitarist or one yeah. of the top two rhythm guitarists in the history of thrash. Exactly. So they got Lombardo and Scott Ian to round up this band. And at first they just did shows on like two shows in San Francisco and two shows in New York City. And then they recorded this album. And I personally thought, because Mike Patton is my favorite singer of all time. Mm-hmm. Fake No More is one of my favorite bands. But I've always been here and there with Mr. Bungle. I like him, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like a diehard Right. But I like it. I mean, California, the last album they did like 20 years ago now is fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the, if if you like California or Disco volu- Voluntary, I would say that like you won't. This is nothing like that. This is like if the top two albums on our list didn't exist, this would be the greatest thrash album of 2020. <laughs> true. True. You know? And I mean, it's just because I thought when this came out, I'm like, this is just going to be spastic freaking craziness, you know, because that's what Mike Patton was like when he does stuff that's crazy and heavy. It's like he takes it to a level that a Napalm Death fan would like, but an average normal rock fan isn't going to like. But he took this and it's like, I just thought it would be a jumbled mess. Like you can't even remember a song because, you know, there's no discernible chorus or melody. But yeah. That's not what happened here is it's like there's tons of songs that are extremely, you can hum along to or sing along to or whatever you want to call it as far as this kind of metal goes. 
But and it's Mr. Bungle, so the song titles alone are enough to get you to want to listen to it, like Anarchy Up Your Anus. <laughs> or just they're racist because it's like that's like how did no one come up with that term before? Yeah, yeah, I know. Combining two words didn't make perfect sense to combine them, you know? Right. But so yeah, I'm just saying that if you like thrash music, you've got to listen to this. That's basically the summation of all that crap. So there you go. And none of these guys have ever been on our podcast, unfortunately, but and I mentioned earlier on when I mentioned King Buzzo. Trevor Dunn from Mr. Bungle is also a part of that album with Buzz Osborne. And that's another cool thing to check out because it's extremely laid back compared to what you know from the Melvins or Mr. Bungle. So, All right. I think from this point forward, almost everything is on both of our lists except right. I think maybe one more album. Yeah. But I could definitely talk about that album. <laughs> anyway, number 15 is a band that every time they've had an album in the last few years finds the way on our list because right. they don't put out subpar albums and that's Seven Dust and they're on Blood and Stone. They're one of those bands that we've, like you mentioned about Blackstone Cherry, we've always championed. We've mm-hmm. been a fan since the debut and they obviously have notoriety. They obviously have success, but they should be at another level than they are. Mm-hmm. And every album they put out just continues to prove that. Sure, there might be an album you like a little better than the newest album at times, but they're the type of band you can put on any album and just hit go. Oh, yeah. You're not going to be disappointed. I mean, there's never... There's nothing skippable. Yeah. You know? And they're a band that I always think that the first song on the album is always one of the strongest, which I know bands sometimes try to do that, but... So, I mean, it's not like anything lets up after that, but my favorite track on their albums a lot of times are the first one. Right. And that's kind of the same way with this one, with the Dying to Live. Yeah. And I'd actually say, I take that back. I made a claim on this podcast a few months ago, and I said that whenever the Spotify rap comes out, <laughs> that the day I tried to live by Seven Dust, their cover of the Soundgarden song, will be at the top of my list, and I was right. It was. It was my number one most listened to song of 2020, just like I figured. There you go. That's how much I love this. I mean, like we discussed earlier, I'm a massive Cornell and Soundgarden fan, and the thing I love about what Seven Dust did is that they perfectly made this song sound like the original, but also made it sound like Seven Dust. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't try to sound like Cornell, which he doesn't need to because his voice is phenomenal in its own right. And musically, they freaking nailed it just like they always do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, and I think we talked about this when, when, when that cover came out is it's something you, that you, you can't, you can't nail down. There's no formula for it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like, I think, what was it that we said that like, um, <laughs> It's cool that it's cool when a band does a cover just like it, but then it's cool when they make it their own. <laughs> but, but somehow the Seven Dust did it, did it both in the same fucking same fucking song. It's like what? Like what how do fuck? you describe that? How do you, yeah. how do, you do this? <laughs> if you could bottle it, you could probably make some money off of it. I I, I don't I don't know. Right. <clears throat> so yeah so yeah needless to say we love that version yes 
And I mean, it's a fairly short album when it comes to albums for a band like Seven Dust. It's only, besides The Day I Tried to Live, there's 10 original tracks on here. Right. Which is great. Yeah. I know you're a fan of like... Definitely. Quality over quantity, but yes. like I mentioned before, that's not a thing you ever have to worry about with a band like Seven Dust anyway. And something else I forgot to mention earlier is that I had written down that both Morgan Rose and Clint Lowry released solo albums in the past couple months, few right. months, right. and LeJean Witherspoon has been working on for a while, and it should be out next year sometime. Good stuff. So we're living through a good time for Seven Dust fans. Right. Because, you know, Projected had an album last year and probably have another one coming. So, check all that stuff out. And John Connolly was on this podcast on episode 119. Which is still probably one of my favorite ones. Definitely. Okay, number 14 is Spirit Adrift. Right. Enlightened in Eternity. Personally, if you hadn't said, hey, check this band out. A couple months ago, or whenever it was. Yeah. They probably would have just slipped right through the crack, and I wouldn't have listened to it. Hey, so, same here, dude. Yeah. Well, well it, was a, it was a total serious XM thing. Okay. Uh, it just, I'll straight up tell you. Fuck. Because I remember you sent that, I think maybe, didn't you say maybe Jason Carroll sent it to us, like, way before? It seems like, yeah. Someone like, did. Was it something he said? I've seen this name before. Yeah. But I'm on, you know, I'm serious. I think it was Liquid Metal. And I'm like, who the fuck? This is fucking amazing. <laughs> and I looked them up and they had an album out this year. It was just another one of those later in the year sleeper hits that seeps through. Kind of like another band we're going to talk about later in the countdown. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it's like this. Again, I hate to use these terms, but it's just how we do it. It's just like, you know, riffy, doomy, kind of stonery thing. But at the same time, it's still got kind of like... um you know, your, your, your classic metal, your stalwart metal arena riffs. And then you've got like this guy, fucking, the vocalist sounds like a, you know, he's like the cross between Mike Dean and Pepper Keenan when it comes to his fucking voice. It's amazing. I never thought of that. And it's like, (laughs) it's like, what the fuck? This is fucking great. Let me describe it for you in one sentence. It's like, if you went, in a time machine to 1985 and walked into the studio while Iron Maiden was recording Number of the Beast and brought Mastodon with you and said, take this shit over right now. There you go. That's no, it. fucking for real. <laughs> it's like, it's like, man, what, where have I been on these guys? And it's just, it, and, and ever since that, I don't know, September, October or something. I mean, that's just one of my most listened to records. Really? I fucking love this record. So and There's even a couple of long-ass songs. Not, you're not yeah. a big fan of Well, them. and it's, you know, it's, like, it's, it's uh, dude, eight songs, 45 minutes. Sign me up, dude. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I love this record. I want you to listen to it when this is over. Right Into the Light. I listened to that on my drive over here. Yeah. See? Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, so, so glad to have discovered this band. Yeah. Really, really. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, I'm goddamn 44 years old and I'm still finding new shit. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, really. Yeah. You know? And the best thing is like, well, like all that stuff you just described, these, this band is hitting points of stuff we truly love and champion, like the, right. the doomy stonery yes. stuff and the classic galloping yeah. metal stuff. Yeah. It's a, total, it's a perfect marriage of yeah. all that, you know? 
I didn't even... Where are these guys from? Are they from America? They're from L.A., I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I uh, thought, because yeah. they've even got that sound where they could have been a European Yeah, band. that's what I kind of thought, maybe. You know? <laughs> okay, number 13. This is a total difference from the last, or last several albums in style. But Tyler Bryant, The Shakedown, with their new album, Pressure, that just came out in November... We actually had Tyler on the podcast talking about the album not that long ago, 10 episodes ago, episode 297. You can cut this in and out wherever you need to, but Spirit of Drift is Austin, Texas, and Phoenix, Arizona. Sorry. Oh, no, that works. So they're... That's what what they said. just have members from both areas, I guess? Oh, uh, that's just what it said. <laughs> Sorry. No. Uh, so Tyler Bryant, The Shakedown, the album Pressure... Just came out here under two months ago, and this is, if you're just making a pure rock countdown of 2020, this would probably be number one or two of that that list, I think. They hit all the elements of like your, yeah. what you want from those bands that are out now, like Rival Sons and Greta Van Fleet, Dirty Honey, where they've got the, the rockers like pressure, and then they hit the complete opposite in that those bands don't hit, like the bluesy rock or even the borderline blackberry smoke country rock. You know, it, to, my, it all. to my detriment, to my ignorance, because I understand that, you know, you know, as an artist, you want, you need to do what the fuck you need to do. But for me, this record is what I wish Blackstone Cherry would have done. Oh, yeah. So, like you wanted him to go this far with it? I, yeah. Okay. This is, this is a direction I love from these bands. Um, uh, and I, I listened to this the other day. This is just a great fucking record. Yeah. Uh, Wild Side, um, Automatic. Uh, I love, you know, I hate to talk about the first two songs of the record, but, I mean, I am going to on this one. Pressure and Hitchhiker are just, what a kickoff. Yeah. Absolutely. And then just from there, like, uh, Holding My Breath with Charlie Starr from Blackberry Smoke. Right. It's fantastic. And... Like you said, Automatic might be my favorite one on here. This whole album, if you like that, everything we just said, that bluesy, rocky kind of stuff that's just easy to describe with the word rock and roll. Right. This is the band for you. And I mean, you know, and this, like we heard in the episode with him, this album wasn't even supposed to exist. It only exists because 2020. Yeah. You know, they they just recorded it because they weren't out touring. They didn't have anything else to do. And a lot of bands, like, couldn't get into places, but they could because they, I think they have his own studio mm-hmm. and stuff. So they could still record an album, and they just knocked this one out a couple months, and it's fucking fantastic. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... So check out episode 297. Number 12 would kind of fall in that same category of just rock and roll. Right. And that's Healing the Fray with their self-titled album. Right. This is their debut full-length album. They had EP before. And as far as being on this podcast, Mike Ariza was on here on episode 12. And then both Mike Ariza and Jeff Sandoval were on here on episode 74. And more recently this year with episode 271. And this one is one of those bands that... It's like, guys, are you listening? Can can, can you release this on vinyl, please? <laughs> yeah. I, I would love this on yeah. a fucking vinyl record. This would be the perfect, and they would do it because I think remember in the last 
episode we had Ron earlier this year, we talked about vinyl there for a while because they're yeah. like big vinyl guys. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, this is just a great fucking record, and I think I've, I think it, I, if I'm wrong, tell me. You're but, wrong, dude. <laughs> yeah, thanks. But it, it, it's this, this band is like you hear all that shit on the radio, all that shit on Octane, and it's shitty fucking shit. This is like. You said shit like five times and I don't think well, that's great. <laughs> not my fault, it really is shit. <laughs> this this band is like what rock radio should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, this this is what uh this is how it should sound. Yeah. Modern rock radio. I mean th- this has got the modernization, but it's also got the fucking balls and the soul. Yeah. It's got the feeling, you know. Um you know, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get that feeling from you know three days grace or whatever. <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get that fucking blood, sweat, and tears from this. Yeah, from healing afraid. So it's a no brainer to have this on our list. And that's a great way to put it that it's got balls and soul because there's several songs on here that are more ballad type laid back songs, but they still have that feeling. To where, you know, it's not like, here's just a ballad to have a ballad. It, yeah. it means something yeah, when it comes from these two guys. Yeah. And from, yeah. I know they've worked with Chris Collier a ton. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like as the unofficial third guy of their band. But right. to me personally, after Lone Wolf by Armored Saint and probably maybe Orville Peck drive me crazy, this is my mercy from this album is in my top three songs of the year. There you go. That's how much I love that song. Right. And to me alone, that song is so good that it would drive this album onto my list, even if I didn't like the other nine songs. <laughs> nice. But thankfully, there's, yeah. it's, it's all killer, no filler, and every other song's good. You've got more rock stuff like No Heroes, and then you've got Outside Looking In and In God's Time that are just beautiful, beautiful stuff from both these guys. Phenomenal guitarist and phenomenal singer. And that's what you want from your rock and roll, right? Exactly. So yeah, Healing the Fray, look him up on Facebook. It's HTF Band. Okay, number number 11 is Black Swan, Shake the World. Right. And we were fortunate enough to have two of the four members of this band on the podcast this year. One of them twice. The vocalist Robin McCauley was on here episode 255, and then he was again on episode... The Eddie Van Halen Tribute 292. And then we had Reb Beach on here two episodes ago on episode 305. And we even had another segment with Robin McCauley on that one as well. Besides those two guys, the album also the band also features Matt Starr on drums and Jeff Pilson on bass. Right. And Jeff Pilson also produced this thing and wrote a lot of it with Reb Beach. This is one of those bands that I think they kind of announced it around November, December of 2019. And I remember when like the Blabbermouth article came out, shit, I'm like, man, that's, it's one of those ones where it's like paper, you know, it's like paper champion, you know, like when these sports teams put together all this shit and you're like, that looks great and it doesn't work. And I'm like, this looks too good to be true to me. Red Beach and Robin McCauley together mm-hmm. as one. Okay. That's getting kind of corny, but. And then you throw in Jeff Pilson, who kind of everything he touches seems to turn to gold, too. And it completely lived up to the hype, for me at least. This album was 
came out in like February and it stuck with me through the whole year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I knew from that point, I'm like, this is going to be in my top 10 somehow. Right. And now I remember when we first heard it, you said, I think you said big disaster. It was oh, just like fantastic. And well, I, I, I watched, I watched, I put in some black swan show on YouTube last night. I mean, that's in that song just is just, I mean, what a chorus, what, what, what a hook, what a memorable hook. Um, and you know, I, I remember that when the record came out and, you know, over the, over the, over the years, a year went by, so much stuff comes out. And so the last month or so I've been going over, back over all these records, you know, just so I don't miss anything. And man, Black Swan stood out, dude. Yeah. What a great, uh, Dude, I think when we were, if this had came out when we were 14, our heads would have exploded. <laughs> it was so fucking great. And it's still so fucking great. Um, just, I mean, the, 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 the melodies, the hooks, the riffs. What a record, dude. What a fucking record. And this is both on our lists. Yeah. And, uh, wow. I, I mean, I'm in. I'm in. I mean, you're right. Cause at 14, Rub Beach, that's about the time. That guy became one of my favorite guitarists, and it's stuck with me since then. Oh, totally. And then you've got Robin McCauley, who I've loved since then as well, and he's probably one of the most underrated vocalists of in the history of rock, maybe. Because, I mean, it's yeah. like, you got to think, this guy's known, but it's like, Reb Beach even kind of mentioned it when we just had him on, yeah. where he's like, more people need to hear what this guy is capable of, because most people that know Robin McCauley obviously know him from the Macaulay Shanker group and then later on the Michael Shanker stuff when they started working together again. Yeah. But I mean, he's also, he's got solo albums. He's got, you know, he's been a part of the, the rating the rock ball in Vegas for the last <clears throat> seven, eight years. He's one of the main guys on that. And then he's got another solo album he's working on now. And then black Swan has another album. They're already going to work on in 2021. So I'm really, really happy to see, that man in an actual band again for sure putting out music like this to display his voice and it, and the great thing is it's not just here to display his voice because the guys we mentioned make this a phenomenal freaking musical outfit yeah, yeah. <laughs> so black swan if you're not familiar get your ass familiar exactly. right exactly exactly so number oop, we're into the top 10 now hello and kicking off the top 10 is Lamb of God. The self-titled uh, record. Self-titled debut of Lamb of God. De- debut, shit. <laughs> self-titled record from Lamb of God. Um, they, I think this one's a barn burner. Uh, it, it, it's... I really enjoyed um, Sternum Drain, their last record. I really enjoyed the experimentation. Really enjoyed how they kind of did some different shit. Yeah. Um, and... Maybe in a way I like that record better. I don't know, but man, this record, they just got back to just straight up fucking, you know what? We're going to pound your fucking nuts into oblivion <laughs> on this one, just start to finish. And, uh, you know, it's got hooks. Um, you've got Jamie Jost on a song. Uh, you've got Chuck Billy on the song. Routes is, well, Chuck Billy's fucking great. Yeah. And it's just, um, this is a much more streamlined, focused, 
Lamb of God record, and it really, it really hit a lot of fucking. It checked a lot of boxes this year. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, music wise, message wise, um, and uh, yeah, man, what a record! I, I've got it on vinyl and cassette. Fuck me, <laughs> that's the the mark of something you love. I would assume. <laughs> Bloodshot Eyes to me is one of the best songs of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that song is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. The the lead-off track, which was the lead-off single, Memento Mori, was another one of those amazing metal songs of 2020. Yeah. Dude, I think Checkmate, <clears throat> I mean, I know it's the single and whatever. That's going to be one of those ones that they play forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and like you mentioned, Chuck Billy, I mean, he's made some guest appearances over the last few years, and it seems like that's always one of the best songs on the album. Yeah, anytime. And it's not just, just because Chuck he, Billy yeah, it's like him. you want to elevate your shit and get Chuck Billy to join. You. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, and my thing with was I kind of loved the last album so much that a lot of people, like you said, didn't because of the fact that they went in different directions. Yeah, that when they came back to it, I was almost kind of like you said about Blackstone Cherry. I was a little bummed. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. they're they're just back to being Lamb of God again. Yeah, yeah, I, I wanted them to sing more clear. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Moving on, number nine. Okay, I've got a preface here that I've got to talk about. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah, go for it. Number nine is hot and flashback. Right. So whenever we were making our lists, Hot put out three fucking albums this year, right? Or three. No, didn't they put out a third one? They put they. Or is it just the two? No, Triumph is coming out this twenty early twenty twenty one. Okay, I was like, and it's like luminous. Eyes and Mosaic Vision, like a lot of stuff, not re-recorded, but added to, remixed. Just combining the EPs. Okay. Yeah, combining it. Okay. But you've got well, Mind Freeze and Flashback. Right. And so, there you go. Your your brain's warring itself right there. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I listened to Mind Freeze more than I did Flashback, because Mind Freeze came out, like, right at the beginning of the right. year. It was literally, like, the first week of 2020. Yeah. And then... Um, flashback came out what July or something August and I remember I asked you like which one you lean towards and I think you said probably Mind Freeze I'm like good that's where I'm at and then you sent your list over and it's like flashback and I'm like okay I'm borderline on which one of these I like better because they're both good yeah so I'm like I'll just shift the flashback since that's what you went with well it's like should we just combine the two should we just write down Mind Freeze I don't know because then they that's when you get into the whole Richie Cox. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we can. So my thing was like, you know, I, I thought it was Mind Freeze. I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, because, and I really liked how they introduced the synth and Mind Freeze. Yeah, that was really cool. But then when I when I went back and said, no, I need to listen to Flashback. I just, I loved the songs. I loved the riffs. So, I, you know, I, I just, Flashback was it. I think you're right that it's probably, it leans a little more in the typical haunt. Fashion, because... Right. I mean, there were synths on there, too, right? But not as prevalent. I think so, yeah. 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 And I really dug, like, on Mind Freeze, Hearts of Fire. And this is another one of those bands that he's putting out, you know, kind of like we mentioned with... If you're a Soul Work fan, or... Who else did we mention that's putting out? Tyler Bryant. It's just, like, continually putting out music yeah. every year. Yeah. Trevor Williams Church is almost, like, at a next level, because he's, like... He, oh, yeah. We had him on the podcast at the... Beginning of the year, and that was uh, episode 247. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he talked about, because we asked that, was like, he's just like, I've 
he he's told us on the podcast when we were talking about Mind Freeze, he's like, I've already got another album done, which I guess was flashback. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I'm at the point where I'm just making music, and I'm like, what's the point of holding on to it? I just want to get it out. Yeah. And he's going their route of really pushing like Bandcamp and stuff. So it's probably a good when it comes to the business side of things, yeah. it's a good marketing thing because there's such a niche style of music that it works. Yeah. And his fan base is like us is going to get the stuff when it comes out. Oh, you're totally right. And that's, you know, Rolling Stone did a whole fucking article on, on his, his, uh, you know, his, uh, what do you call it? His way of doing things, the whole band camp thing and his, the, the culture that he's creating. And it makes fucking sense right now, especially right now. Yeah. But, you know, let's take COVID and touring, uh, you know, not being able to tour away from it. It still is a good idea. Even more so. Oh, yeah. 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 Because, fuck, you know, if, if, if I was, if I was to do something, you know, if I was to just do something myself or if I was to get a band together, we would literally do kind of what he is doing. And I would, I would make no bones about, oh, I learned this from him. Yeah. This is how we're doing this. And because it's fucking smart, and it's really the only way to do it. Yeah, it's a, you know, I mean, if if you're gonna do anything, if you're gonna make it, and it's so fucking admirable that uh, Trevor Church is doing this and doing it this way, and uh, and he's doing things where it's like it's not he's just not putting shit out because he recorded it. It's not filler. And no, it's it's, it's meaningful all, shit. It's all good music. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I, I can't wait for Triumph to come out. I pre-ordered that shit because I'm a fucking nerd and I love it. Uh, I know that there's some lineup changes going on with Haunt. So I hope they have the best moving forward. You know? So. Uh, well, we didn't even really mention if someone's listening to this and they're not really familiar with them. Right. How would you describe it other than that classic metal sound? It, it, it does the, have the classic metal sound, but it's like new. It's not. It's got a modern feel to it, but yeah, it, it's still. If you're into that new wave type, new wave of British heavy metal type stuff, yes, it doesn't sound exactly like that, but it has that element to it. Yeah, it's like I don't know. There's um, there's still a, there's still a pretty there's still still a pretty prevalent American vibe to it, if you ask me. Yeah. So it, it really it really bridges the gap between that you know metal and thrash that we love to coming from the American bands on the West Coast yeah. and like British heavy metal to me new wave okay so I don't know that's if you're gonna put me on the spot that's what I'm saying <laughs> right so yeah check out some Hunt they've got two albums from 2020 you can check out and of course several more oh yeah that came out before that they were on our list last year I think definitely. Was it last year or the year before? No, they had... What was the album in 2019? Do you remember? If Icarus Could Fly. Right. That was 2019. So good. Okay. So, yeah, check out all that stuff. Okay, number eight is on a... And if you haven't heard of this band... Then fuck you. Then how are you even listening to podcasts? (laughs) How do you, like, get up in the morning and brush your teeth and, like, function as a human being if you've never heard this name, at least? Right. Which would be one of the biggest bands in the history of music, and rightfully so. So ACDC released Power Up in right. November, and it had a huge build-up for this because this album's been done a while. It's been talked about for a bit. There, well, let me rephrase that. It's been rumored about for a bit because they didn't yeah. ever officially say it was happening because that's the ACDC way. Exactly. And even the weeks leading up to the album, once stuff was official, 
we talked about it every week. I mean, that's how big it was to us. And kind of like with Ozzy, it's like ACDC has been a step above Ozzy in the later albums. Oh, but yeah. definitely. But at this, but it's also the same idea with me. It's just like, well, I like the last several albums, but there hasn't technically been an album since I was young that hit me to a point of loving it. Yeah, kind of like the Razor's Edge is probably the last one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like Ball Breaker. I like I like them all, but nothing hit me at a next level. And then Power Up came out and just it shocked me. Now it didn't shock me that it was good. It shocked me at how good it was, how much right. I liked it. I mean, this is pure classic ACDC from beginning to end. There's no filler here, in my opinion. And that's the thing I always thought about the last few albums. There's always a few songs I don't really care or whatever. But this one, from the opening single, Shot in the Dark, second single, Realize, those are part of the first three songs in this straight through. I could list every one of these songs, probably, as a song I love. Right. And I think my, my favorite one is Kick You When You're Down. And then through the mist of time. Oh man, which deserves its own little segment. Yeah, through the mist of time was like okay, I'm, that's my thing. Dude. Yeah, um, I, I can't say enough about that song. It's like the it's like the the outlier, but at the same time, it's the best song on the record. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's and like ACDC wrote a classic pop song and made it ACDC. Right. Yeah, and it, and it's you know I have to. You know, I, I'm not trying to sound boring, but I just, I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, it, it's the best thing since, well, I don't know. I don't know. You know. I know you love black eyes. I love I like black eyes. Um, this is just, you know, right there or maybe a little bit above black eyes. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the more I listen to it, um, you know. I love Demon Fire. Yeah. I love realizing a rejection to like kick it off. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a great fucking record. And it's just, um, when, when bands get to this level, um, and you know, hate to say it, but to this age, you're like, okay, what's, okay, what's, what's going on here? Let's do this. What, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I totally get it because like Rolling then, Stones had a couple singles this year and I was like, I'll listen to it. I need to. But it's like, yeah, exactly. is it really going to be as cool as everything else you've ever done? Yeah. So, and then, you know, you roll out something like Power Up and you're like, well, fuck me. Yeah. They just changed I, the fucking game. I fucking stand corrected. <laughs> right. I'd like to see 30 year olds put out a record this good. Yeah. A lot of them couldn't fucking do it. So that's just, yeah. that, and that's, and that's the thing that you, at the end of the day, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel great about rock and roll. So there you go. Yeah. And it's like what you said about Through the Mist of Time, outside of that song, it's ACDC. You know exactly what you're right. going to get. Oh, totally. But it's like, it's not ACDC going through the motions. It's yeah. ACDC writing great ACDC songs. Mm-hmm. And like I'd even seen reviews or people post about it on social media where they're like, this is what 2020 needed was an amazing album from fucking ACDC, and that's what we thankfully got. Well, we got it. <laughs> we got it. So I can't, yeah, I can't stress enough about how happy I was with this and how much it blew me away. And glad to get the vinyl of this thing. Cranked oh up. man, yeah, red uh, vinyl. Thank you. you. That was a, a random, oh, just right. <laughs> you know, 
I appreciate you for doing that. Just because you're like, well, fuck, this might not be around for very long. I'm going to grab another one. Yeah. You're the fucking man. Red vinyl ACDC. It's great. Yeah. So definitely listen to this if you've ever liked any ACDC song at any point in your life. But you hadn't, I don't really want to know you. <laughs> exactly. Go away. <laughs> okay, so getting into the the top seven. Our second band on the list from Sweden. Right. Thunder Mother and Heat Wave. Okay, let's let's talk. <laughs> A call back real quick. This is the album you were talking about when you said someone else coming up that came out of nowhere. Yeah, and came out of nowhere, late entry. Kind of like Spirit of Drift. And it's, and it's so far up the list. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is kind of crazy that something we both found late in the year is in our like top seven, basically. And you you had brought this to me. Yeah. Where'd you see this again? I I've seen the name for a while and then just had never listened to it and then I it was a random it was oh it's cool that it actually that it lands this way. It was A C D C when Power Up ended on Spotify and it started playing radio based off of Power Up. This is one of the bands it played. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yep. Yeah. And look at that. It all comes together, right? All, all, all ties in together. Yeah. I, I tell you what, you know, you told me about this band, and it, it's, it seems like, it's like I, have I heard that name? Probably have. I don't know. But I looked it up, and I was just pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Um, Is there a fourth album? Fourth album. Um, I think it's their second with this lineup. Just, just, the most amazing, the most like honest and pure hard rock. Um, it was the, it's the best, it's the best thing from like, it, it's so, it's so refreshing to hear stuff that is coming out in 2020 that is timeless. You know, I, I you know, because of my age, I, I equate so much of this with, what we were listening to in the early nineties, yeah. you know, you had, you had, you know, you had the best of the sunset strip stuff and you had the best of just the heavy metal and the European stuff. And it was all coming together. And grunge was coming in and all grunge that. was coming in and all this stuff had the same. It was, it was all great and it was all good. And it all, and this reminds me so much of that stuff. It's, it's, it's that, but it's not that, you know? Yeah. It's there, but it's nowhere. If I can sound like an asshole for a minute. <laughs> um, and it's just, uh, it sounds like 1992, but it does not sound like 1992. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and, and, you know, you just mentioned ACDC. <clears throat> I think there's two bands, Motorhead and ACDC, that, you know, if those two bands didn't exist, Thundermunder, Th- Thundermunder, <laughs> have another one, Jason, Thundermother wouldn't exist. And I, I just, I mean, the, the riffs, execution, um, the, the voice, just amazing. Um, and it, it was just like, not even a month ago. Yeah. Did, did we get turned on to this shit? Right. <laughs> and now it's like this has to be like way up there. This is fucking amazing. Um, I, 
guy, this is just this is the hard rock that you that you need this year. Yeah, really is. And it's basically the hard rock album of the year. Oh, I mean, because everything so. above it isn't. Is just well, I guess metal. the next the next album would count as hard rock, maybe. But it's this is not a call to anything. A lot of people might not even know this band, but the New Roses were on yeah. our, were on our top list last year. Right. And if you look at Thunder Mother on Spotify, the first the first for fans of band on there is the New Roses. Right. And I thought that was kind of cool. Because that's not something obvious like ACDC or Motorhead, but it's a great comparison if you're familiar with the New Roses. Yeah, it's like you can even take though they don't really sound exactly the same, but it's the same yeah. kind of feel. Let's, here, here you go. Let's do a package tour: ACDC, Motorhead, Motorhead. Uh, uh, I'm just saying, it's okay. hypothetical. Okay, listen, ACDC, uh, Motorhead. Um, then you could do uh, Airborne. Uh, the yeah. New Roses and Thunder Mother. And that would be, I mean, dude, it, Europe would explode. <laughs> right. As well it should. Yeah. No, you could put Blackstone Cherry on there if you're going to oh, Europe. Oh, totally. Totally. And it would work. Let's do it. <laughs> right. I, 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 to Thunder Mother. I yeah. really do. Pop that beard of Thunder Mother. Right. <laughs> and there you go. They're from Sweden and they're all females. So that alone should sell you. <laughs> there you go. Well, and that's the thing. It's like I, you know, um, it it it, it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, listen to her voice. Yeah. Her voice is just phenomenal for anything. Um, her voice. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's between your legs. This band <laughs> is fucking amazing. Yeah. So and well, so call back go. call back to what you said about what was it? Healing the fray. It's like her voice is what. The female voice on rock radio should be. Oh God, you know it. I mean, like I said it when we first talked about him. I like Lizzie Hell, and I mean, I know Maria Brink and people like that have good voices, but their music behind it doesn't do much. Mm-hmm. And that's where Thunder Mother come in. Her voice is a step above those, and the music right. behind it is fucking amazing, right? <laughs> so yes, Thunder Mother is all one word. So once we're done here, check them out if you're not familiar. Number six is another band from Sweden, and that would be the Night Flight Orchestra in their album, Aromatic. Curves, man. Curves. <laughs> Every time they've released an album, it's been in our top ten. Actually, probably our top. This might be the lowest charting one yet. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I think of it. That's how good this band is. Yeah. And the thing I love about this band, I remember when they came out and thought, man, this album is so great. It's so cool we got this. We're never going to get another album from this band because it's just a side project. Right. Right. I mean, you got two of the guys from Soil Work. You got someone from Arch Enemy. It's like they're never going to have time. But somehow they're just like any free time we have is going to this. Yeah. And it's like they now have as many freaking albums as probably Arch Enemy has. <laughs> I don't, but literally almost an album a year. I think this, or they're close to it. Their first album was like 2012, 13 and They've got like six, five albums now. But Aromatic came out pretty early in the year. It's been a while since we talked about them, so we could do a little description real quick. If you're not familiar with them, they're extremely retro, but extremely done very well retro. Right. It's like like the next level of like, they're better than some of the bands they're emulating almost. It's like Steel Panther, but serious. 
Yeah, <laughs> if you you know, it's guys from Solar Work and Arch Enemy. Yeah. And but they're doing instead of melodic death metal, they're doing like album oriented rock. Yeah. You know, from like the early, early eighties. And even seventies to eighties. Like your seventies to eighties. Your yeah. Boston's foreigners, Sammy Hagar. Right. There's even um, some Fleetwood Mac Mackish moments of time. Yeah, like, I, I, I I dare say that they probably wouldn't even go past eighty three or eighty four. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is a band that's 1976 to 1984. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it, and it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And the whole theme of flight sticks throughout the yes. thing. You know, like even they did a, I mean, we watched, we watched it earlier in the year when they did a, their live stream, their live stream from a club in Stockholm that yes. was, they did the full production style stream and they had like a couple like flight attendant style, you know, women on stage and everything. And I mean, that's just a band that I've prayed to get the chance to see. And it seemed like over the last couple of years, they were doing some more shows than just the Swedish show here or there. So I thought maybe we were trending in that way, but who knows now once touring hits back up, I'm sure that Soul Work and Arch Enemy are going to be pounding the fucking pounding. Oh, dude, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know we won't get that lucky, but... I mean, if you want to check this out, Divinals, Transmissions, the kickoff track, Servants of the Air. Like I said, Curves, it's amazing. Yeah. This band, this album, I could talk about them for another fucking 30 minutes. Right. It's the best band that's came out in the last decade besides the Winery Dogs. I oh, think, shit. Personally, they're both super groups. I, think it's, I mean, as far as quality of albums that they've put out. Those are the two best bands, I think. But now we're getting into the top five. Top five. Into the big stuff here. And we had our lead in here with ACDC a minute ago. Into ACDC led into Thunder Mother. And now I'm leading it into this because this is the ACDC of hardcore. And that would be Hatebreed. Right. A lot of hardcore bands, you know what you're going to get. But right. Hatebreed, you definitely generally know what you're going to get. If you didn't like Hate Breed last year, you're probably not going to like this album. But if you liked any bit of Hate Breed, this album, to me, encompasses everything this band has ever done. And all in a nice, perfect album package that, to me, is my favorite Hate Breed album in the last several albums. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I agree. This, this, you know, we talked about this when it was released. We didn't even say weight of the false weight self. Weight of the false self it is hit like uh, a Hatebreed album hasn't hit in a while. Uh, it's just one of those, and, and, and I, you know, and, and I wonder because I've said this uh, just not that long ago in, the, in this countdown. It's a little bit more, you know, focused and laser, you know, laser vision, like maybe the COVID era. Maybe the coronavirus has, you know, made bands buckle down and really get to the fucking nitty gritty. I don't know. I don't know. But this record is crazy, you know. Um, it really hits, you know, it hits you in the feels <laughs> of this year. Yeah. And the cool thing was, early, like, it was supposed to come out at the end of May. Yeah. We, yeah. Had, we had Florida Frank on the podcast in April. And I think at that point it hadn't been pushed, but he mentioned that it was going to get pushed, probably, or something, yeah. if I remember right. Yeah, I mean, this is another definite all-killer, no-filler 
And something else that we mentioned on our, we did a YouTube review right before the album came out, but they, and something else I'll mention here in a minute, but we talked about on the, the review was that there's a couple songs on here, Cling to Life and A Stroke of Red, that include, that are not just great songs because they're great songs, but they also include some noticeable guitar work and solos well, from, from Wayne Lozenak. Well, that's what I was going to say was, which of course that is definitely a reason why too, but also if you just release this record and those are the only two songs <laughs> on this record, okay, you could have a number one. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, those songs, those two songs right there are just, it's like, dude, fucking, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> fucking forget it. When the title I mean, really, track, really. the title track to me too is another one of those yes. classic hate breed songs that I think will be in their playlist forever now. Let them all rot is this fucking yep. balls out. And to mention what I was going to mention about Cling to Life and Stroke of Red and the stuff from Wayne as we talked about that because we recently recorded an episode with Wayne Lowe's an act that will be out here in January. Right. And we also had Florida Frank on here back in April, like I mentioned. That was episode 260. And then going back a little bit before that, episode 196, Matt Byrne was on here last time Hate Breed came through Tulsa. So we're now three-fifths of the way through this band, so we're getting there. We'll get them. <laughs> yeah. But Hate Breed definitely put out one of their best albums in the years and top five album for us. Okay, getting into the top four. Number four, this is the probably of all these albums, maybe besides number one, is the one I was most excited to talk about, too, I think. Yeah. And, I mean, we talked about it when it came out, and we've mentioned it several other times. But we're both decidedly big fans of this man throughout his career. Crowbar and Down. And now Kirk Winstein has put out his debut solo album called yes. Dream, Dream in Motion. Yeah. And he was actually on this podcast. It's been quite a while, but he was on there twice, episode 29 and 79. Mm-hmm. So we're long, long overdue to get back. Right, right. It'd be nice, yeah, get him on a Skype thing or something in the COVID era. Yeah. But, I mean, this record, Dream in Motion, is... Um, you know, it's one of those things where I, I think, I, I can't remember what I mentioned earlier, but it, it, it's somebody that he's taking his crowbar sound. Were you mentioning it with Biff Byford? Biff Byford. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Like, it's like you're doing something different, but you still sound like you and you're not sounding, it's not sounding corny. You're not a shithead. <laughs> and, I mean, that's that's rare air. Um, and that's, you know, that's why this thing is fucking number four. Yeah. You know, I mean, really. Well, like you mentioned with the Seven Dust cover, it's like they did something that's hard to do, and that's what he did. Which is like, yeah. you, it's hard to release an album that would appease your fans of your band, but also sound, even though it has, it has those elements, and that's right. what would appease a fan. But it also sounds different from Crowbar, which is what a solo yeah. is supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. He's, gets um, to, he's got to stretch his vocals on this more, yeah. way more than he would of Crowbar. I love, I love Hollow Dying Man. Yeah. Um, I love Toxic. Toxic is badass. Uh, and then Dream in Motion, obviously. Dream in Motion, the healing, even though it's an instrumental. Right. I fucking love that yeah. so much. Yeah. And then, um, and 
he made me have a reason to listen to a damn Jeff Rotol song. Exactly. I was like, fuck, I'll listen to Aqua Long if he's doing it. <laughs> no offense if Kirk Winstein is listening. We're just not fans of Jeff Rotol. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the Metallica thing, which most dorks will go to. It just has to do with the fact I don't like Jethro Toll. Right. But you made me love Aqualung, so. Exactly. <laughs> but you remember before the album came out, that was like their little promo video they put Yeah, out? they and would show riff. like that thing, and they would I'm like, this motherfucker did Aqualung. God damn. Right. You know? But such a cool album to hear. Kirk Winstein's another one of those guys that totally underrated in the grand scheme of things. What he does in metal is so consistent. So I can't wait. I'm sure 2021 will have us a new Crowbar album because they've been talking about it for oh, a bit. Oh, definitely. They've been working on that. So definitely can't wait to hear that. And I'm sure come the end of next year, you'll be hearing us talk about that probably. Number three. Just the album Carnivore. Here we go. By Body Count. And this one... Can I just... If I can... Okay. You can lead off whatever you want. One, I I knew when this... When I knew this record was coming out, I'm going to get behind this record. I'm going to like this. It's going to be cool. Yeah, because their last two or three albums... I mean, all their stuff's good, but especially the the recent stuff. Yeah, all good. No, No big deal. But then when I heard it, I'm like, holy fuck. This thing is insane. It, it's hitting. It's hitting all the points, checking all the boxes. I'm like, this, this thing is. This thing is really getting to me more than I thought it would. Yeah. And I mean, it was the, from the first listen. I knew it was going to be in the top five at least. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one of the tops. Like maybe one or two. And if if Testament or Armored Saint or whatever. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but whatever. People can read. It's already on the (laughs) (laughs) page. Hadn't done anything. This might have been it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was, I did not know that this was going to take such a, uh, a a high spot. Yeah. You know, and wow. And it's so good. It's like one of the obvious main things about body count and iced tea is the social aspect to his, words have been that way since he since the 80s mm-hmm. and it's like what he says is even more important now than it was then probably I, I which agree. is kind of it was important then obviously but even more so now and but if you take that out of it if it's just some dude screaming a bunch of bullshit nonsense that is just like about love or something mm-hmm. this would still be number three. Oh yeah yeah <laughs> because this so is, good. yeah and it's like ernie c is i've said this every time we talk about body count that guy never gets the credit he deserves. I mean, he gets it from Ice T. Ice T talks him the shit up, but it's like, yeah, the guy is a f- phenomenal riff writer, and he's just like you never hear people mention him. And it's like people don't even know he freaking produced Black, Black Sabbath in the nineties. I, mean, I was about to say he did. He produced Black Sabbath. Yeah. So, but regardless, this album from just start to finish. I mean, the highlight has to be. And this was well before the man died. But oh, it, has, yeah. it has to be point the finger. Yeah, definitely. With yeah, Riley Gell. It is. On vocals with Ice-T. This was, is one of the songs of the year. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, if you're not familiar with Riley Gell, he's a singer from Power Trip. He passed away just two or three months ago. Mm-hmm. 
And it, as Josta would say, it's a fucking banger. <laughs> oh, totally. You know, my my thing is, you know, you're you're saying stuff about you're saying stuff about the lyrics, his message, and whatever. And I mean, now uh, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> you, you were, yeah. Well, and another thing that they have done the last three or four albums is every time they put a cover on there, and he's mentioned that that. He kind of mentioned it on the last one with Slayer, but it's always you know it's always a big song. They're not yeah. shying away from the hits. It's a big song from a major artist that there that was a heavy influence on them, like Slayer and Suicidal Tendencies, and and now on this album, Motorhead. It's Motorhead, and they do a great job at Ace of Spades. And there's actually a couple other technical covers on here because you've got a 2020 version of Colors. Which right. is their first like body count version of it with the metal behind it. Yeah. Of course, the Ice T song from the 80s, as well as Six in the Morning. Exactly. Another Ice T classic from the 80s that they gave the body count treatment to here in 2020. But even outside of that, like I said, the first three songs alone Carnivore, Point the Finger, Bum Rush. Oh, man. I mean, this is a, a slammer from beginning to end. And I just, When I'm Gone is another great one. Do you like the critical beatdown? Yeah. You know, and you know, what I was going to say earlier was like, uh, the message is important. Uh, you know, we got the riffs and we got the hooks and we got the, you know, we got the guest stars. But, you know, it, 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 the message is important and I don't really think that it matters what side you're on because Ice T is, he's just putting it out there. Like I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but this is just how it is. Yeah, you can you can do with it what you need to, but this is how it fucking is, and I appreciate that. So, and that's something that everyone needs to pay attention to. And that's a great point because he's a guy that will tell you exactly how he feels, mm-hmm. but it's like, and he's very adamant about it as he should be. Yeah, and it's not like, but he's not to the point of like fuck you if you don't agree with me. Yeah. He's just like, this is, and it's like from a person, it's not like, if me or you said this stuff, that's great that we believe that way. But at the end of the day, if Ice-T says it, it has way more relevance because this is a man that oh, yeah. has had lived at the aspect of like living in the fucking ghetto with jack shit right. to living in the fucking mansion <laughs> with everything. And and he's championed that, you know, the social causes and the, Black Lives Matter style stuff well before Black Lives Matter was oh, yeah. three words that went together and he was and he's been doing this his whole career this isn't something that he's like oh shit it's 20 you know 17 people yeah. are talking Black Lives Matter I need to capitalize on this no he was doing oh, this no. well before you even thought about it yeah yeah he, yeah he's he's on it yep so Body Count has just another great album so check out Carnivore number two is Testament, Titans of Creation. And holy fuck. I mean... this there, When this came out, and just like within a couple of days, I'm like, this is the album yeah, oh yeah, of yeah. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And for months, I'm like, this is the album of 2020. Nothing will beat this album nope. until John Bush said, hey, hold on a minute. <laughs> I, but, I'm the same way, dude. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to be like, you know, you know, anticlimactic about it, but I really, that's... Well, yeah, I mean, to say too. I mean, well, when we both made our separate list, these top two, well, we've had, we had both had body count at number four, yeah. and then these next two albums at number one and two. Yeah, 
I mean, because you think about it, you've got the voice of Chuck Billy, Eric Peterson's riffs, and then Alex Skolnick's solos. I mean, there's not really much you're going to do to defeat that. Right. And they're another band that's their recent work in the thrash game. It's like, it's just kind of like them and Death Angel have like took everything that was great about themselves back in the late 80s. Yeah early 90s and just like amped it to another level oh man over the past decade everything Testament has put out the last few albums is phenomenal yeah and this one it's like the first four songs those four songs in order are the four best the four four best consecutive songs on an album in 2020 I think right <laughs> right I mean uh I, I mean I don't even know <laughs> Well, like it's, you mentioned earlier, like Chuck, Billy, Chuck Billy is guest on a song. You know it's going to be the best songs in the album. Yeah. Guess what? Here's a full album of Chuck Billy. And that's why it's number two on our list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it, goes, it goes to show you, like, you know, this is in no way, in no way is this like a derogatory thing or a, an underhanded thing. But, you know, if we're watching YouTube or if we're listening to something, my girlfriend will, she'll know that voice. She'll see him like, well, there's that big Indian. This is going to be good. <laughs> I mean, she already knows. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's a certain, there's a certain level of like, you know, quality you're getting. And, uh, that's why this is so high up on the list. Um, you know, there's that, fam- there's that familial thing. There's that recognition. There's there's that appreciation, and so that that's kind of where that where I'm coming from with that. Yeah, and it's like they, I mean, they put out some of the best thrash music of the '80s, and then they, yeah, damn right. And then they, then they're still here over 30 years later, Mm -hmm. putting out albums that are not just the best thrash albums, they're the best metal albums of the year. You know, every time they put them out, I think their last album that came out. Two or three years ago, we had in the top three or four as well. Definitely. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just like, holy shit, when you look like songs like World War Three, like you can't you can't go wrong with anything on here. And we were fortunate enough to have Alex Skolnick on our podcast this year. Yes. Back around uh, April, I think it was April maybe, episode 273, and he talked a ton about, you know, what went into this album and so... Check that one out if you haven't. That was quite an honor, I know, for both of us. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, what what a, a gentleman. And um, to have somebody from Testament on the podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was amazing. And an extremely interesting guy. You can listen to him on oh, totally. many of the times he's been on Josta. He's an extremely smart, well-versed dude. and So we're glad to have him on here talking about one of our favorite albums of the year. For damn sure. All right, number one is also from that thrash land. Is it, is it time for number one? We made it. Okay. Holy shit. <laughs> and like I said, there was a point in the year we knew this album was coming, and I knew I was going to like it because I like everything this band does. But they just, within two listens, I knew. And that's yeah. not taking a damn thing away from the Testament album. Right. But I just knew, I'm like, this... In, you know, I have to be a dork. The reason is, is because 
I think Chuck Billy, personally, I think Chuck Billy is the greatest pure thrash vocalist ever because it's like his voice is, that's what I think thrash is. I see. Even though I'm a bigger fan of Anthrax, Joey Belladonna is fucking amazing, but it's like, right. when I think thrash in my head, I think of that grittiness that Chuck Billy brings, you know? But John Bush is undoubtedly one of my favorite singers of all time. So that's what I think bumps this right above Testament for me. Because musically, it's fucking fantastic. Just like Testament, it's an even deal. But I think the element of adding John Bush to anything is what's going to elevate it for me. Right, right. Well, you know, for me, what what, what got me... and, 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 you know, I think that earlier you talked about like the last two or three or ones we both agreed on and it's and it shows you that even though you and I kind of branch off here and there when it comes down to it <clears throat> when you get the nitty gritty you know we're both of the same we're both of the same house really yeah um, and this is just this is just a testament to that no one intended this is arm insane is because it's like okay well you've got you know, you've got his voice. John Bush's voice is just, it's just, I don't know, it's phenomenal. It's its one of the best in the genre, yeah. if not the best. Um, it's my favorite metal it, vocalist ever. Oh, Anthrax with John Bush was yeah. unbeatable. I don't care what you say. Okay, and then there's just these riffs. But here's the thing is like, I know that I'm a guy... You know, where I, I don't, I'm, I'm really, I'll just put on a record and go. I, I, sometimes I don't pay attention to the lyrics. I don't pay attention to the song title. I just go. But this record, you, I, I mean, I can look at all the song titles and I can hear the hook. Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Every fucking one of them, dude. <laughs> and what's that tell you? That tells you that this is the number one record of the year for us. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bubble, yeah. you know, Giants, you know, Attention Span, uh, Never You Fret. I mean, come on, dude. Uh, Missile a Gun. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's for a guy that doesn't pay attention to that. I hear all those all those melodies, all those hooks going off right now. Yeah, and to me, that's something. I think that that's what makes your record right there. Yeah, and they're Harvard Saints, a band that like even though they're from that thrash realm, even back then, I think they kind of transcended that a little bit. And especially they're just, now, they're just more heavy metal, yeah, classic now, metal. Nowadays, I've always. Yeah, I always. I don't even think of them as a thrash band, even though I mentioned that a couple times earlier. Yeah, they're just they transcended that into like that. Yeah, just that classic heavy metal feel, and that's like evident on here. And my favorite song of 2020 is "Lone Wolf" right. from this album, and it's not even that heavy of a song, you know, comparatively to the rest of the album. Yeah, it's got, but it's got that huge chorus that I love. When John Bush sings choruses like that, whether it be with Saint or later with Anthrax. Right. And but just like the intro song Standing in the Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, to me is like tons of fan some of the best metal albums of all time have that intro that just builds up to something huge and this 
this song is like has this massive intro that just builds up into this amazing fucking song. Yeah. But it's like if we get the chance for bands to start touring in another year or something and see Armored Saint, I would hope that they open uh, their shows with that track. Right. It's just like this perfect, like you build up to to what's to come, and I can't say enough good things about this from start to finish. I mean, even yeah. the end of the album, unfair. I mean, this whole album, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all just, killer, no filler. There's no, there's no surprise that this is number one for both of us, right? Yep, and just like Testament, I mean, even if if you're one of those people that don't really follow these bands too closely, but you're listening to this because you like music. I promise you, if you like hard rock and heavy metal, I don't see how you how you could not yeah. find something on this album you like. Right. And I mean, I keep saying the name John Bush over and over. I can't like go without saying Joey Vera, Philip Sandoval, Gonzo Sandoval. I mean, these guys have been the same core of this band since the beginning. Yeah. And that's another thing I think that makes them so great is on the opposite end of other bands we mentioned here throughout. They don't put out stuff that often. So when you get into right. an album, it already means something to you as a fan. Mm-hmm. But they've they've done the same thing every time. It's like you know it's going to be good. They don't release the albums with filler on it anyway throughout yeah. all the years. Yeah. And this one's no different. So Punching the Sky is our number one album of 2020 for Thunder Underground. And you too, hopefully, unless you're a jackass. No. <laughs> All right, there you go. Like I said beforehand, we covered all sorts of stuff there, from the heavy to the to the just pure rock and roll and everything in between. So check out all these albums, and you can see them there on whatever, wherever you're listening to this, there in the description. We've got them all listed as well. So any of these that we've talked about that you haven't heard, or even if it's a band you weren't even familiar with, you know, make us feel good and go listen to it and tell us what you think. Right. Unless you think it sucks, then keep that shit to yourself. No, we're big proponents of saying whatever the fuck you feel. So if you're like, you're wrong, Armored Saint is only the fifth best album of the year, well then tell us what the other four are. You know, that's what we want. Underground at gmail.com or in the comments on any of these things. But the final thing here to mention is I wrote down a few albums that I knew was going to come out. We've always mentioned this at the end of our episodes. Right. What are you looking forward to album-wise in the coming year? And I know number one on both our lists that's coming soon in about a month and a half, mid-February, is the new Damon Johnson album. Yeah. Battle Lessons. We've had the chance to hear half this album already. And it's we've had Damon Johnson on here several times and recently, just a couple months ago, talking about this. This is going to be one of the best albums of the year based off of the songs we've heard. We know that. <laughs> From- from what I hear so far, this will definitely be in the top five. Yeah. You know, if not top three. <laughs> um, and I'm not just saying that to kiss ass or anything, whatever. I'm going to play this clip. Because, right, right? Because, no, there's, you know, there's going to be a Megadeth record. There could be an Anthrax record. Um, you, it's a COVID era. There could be a Metallica record. Yeah, you never know. It's COVID <laughs> era. There, there could be. And that's another thing we could talk about so much is like, you know, there's so many bands that, that could do albums, but there's so many bands that already did albums that are just going to fucking hit the road this year when it opens back up. So, who knows, man? But I think a thing to point out is something 
we've also mentioned as well, I think maybe in 2021 and 2022, you might see another explosion of way more products because, because of this year. Yeah. You got to make that money. Even if they're not recording, if they didn't record in 2020, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that a lot of these people sat around and wrote music. Yeah. Right. So you can well, see in the next year or two come out. Yeah. And there's stuff that, you know, bands are, you know, bands are creating so much or recording so much, you know, Saxon's got a cover album ready to go. That's right. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Their, their cover of Paint of Black was amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, and just, you've got a lot on this list here. Yeah, we've got, like you already mentioned, Megadeth. Mm-hmm. Ozzy has already, they've already said that that's coming. Yeah. Another one, yeah. like, which is insane to think right. of that, like, you go nine years without an Ozzy album, now you got two in the span of a year and a half, probably. Yeah. And then, you know, Haunt is going to do, like I said, it's not totally new, but it's like his, you know, it's Trevor Church's older songs, but with stuff added to him. Okay, yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's going to be cool. And, yeah, oh, yeah, I pre-ordered a cassette of that shit. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and I wrote down probably Haunt. I wrote, even though we know, I wrote down probably NFO because we'll probably get a night flight something. Yeah, seems, because it just seems to happen every fucking yeah. year. Or soil work. There might yeah. be a new soil yeah. work. Slash has already said that the next Slash with Miles Kennedy and the Experiters should be out sometime in 2021. And there's been the past couple years, there's been the rumors that Guns N' Roses is going to do an album. And then just about a week ago, Slash did an interview where, of course, they had to ask him that. Mm-hmm. And he said that it's a good possibility that we could see that next year as well because it's being in the works, supposedly. Right. So maybe we'll get Guns N' Roses. Who knows? But we know we'll get Slash and Miles. We also know that we should get the LeJean Witherspoon album. Right. Which will be cool to hear. I'm really excited to hear what he does. Because his voice is another one of those people I'll listen to no matter what style of music it is. Doesn't matter. Extreme has said they've got another one coming. Which is very cool. Because their last one was like over a decade ago and it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Evergrey never puts out something that I don't love personally. Then we've got Last in Line. Their next album should be out at some point. And... That's basically everything I have written down, but I guarantee you there's stuff we're forgetting about and stuff we don't even know yet. It's going to be yeah. up, so. Yeah. I mean, the sky's the limit. That's right. Fuck the COVID era. <laughs> so hopefully when you hear us on episode 384 or whatever it is, that's too many, but 300 and something when we're doing the best of 2021. That we're talking about some live shows coming up or something. And hopefully we're talking <laughs> about like. Me and you and Florida Frank going to the Outsider's house or something. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a call back to episode 260 with Florida Frank. Right? <laughs> he mentioned next time he's in Tulsa that he would take us to the Outsider's house. So. <laughs> so check out that episode and a call back to our sponsor. Check out his hot sauce if you haven't. It debuted in 2020. That's one of our highlights of 2020 is that hot ass fucking sauce from Florida Frank's Florida Heat. <laughs> but alright so I guess there was us talking for a couple hours about good shit that happened in 2020 so for all of you that say nothing good happened you're wrong anthrax not anthrax armored saint testament body count 
Night Flight. Hey, that's another one that could come ACDC, out. ACDC, they all... In 2021 is Anthrax. That's right. It should, because I think they said they were working on it recently. Right. So, if not, I'm sure we'll get some more covers from Charlie Benante somehow. I don't need to even say it this first time listening. If you listen this long, you probably listen to another episode. Yeah. So, and you heard us throughout this, at least half of the bands on our list here have been on this podcast at some point. We've also had on guys from Kiss and Def Leppard and, like I mentioned, Guns N' Roses a minute ago. The list is vast and long. 300 plus episodes before this one. 2020, as shitty of a year it was in general for us, it was cool because with all the Skype and phone stuff, we were able to get some people like that we hadn't had on here before, like Alex Skolnick and Florida Frank and Glenn Hughes. Right, yeah, yeah recently. Um, John Karabi. John Karabi. Uh, <clears throat> I'll go back there, Robin, uh, Robin McCauley. Yeah. Uh, like I said, wow, what a nice guy, what a gentleman. Uh, totally cool to talk to. Yeah. So, there was just some really cool moments this past year. Great yeah. stuff. James Lomenzo. Oh, oh, that was stuff. awesome. And he coming up here in January. We've got episodes coming with Eric Bass, Eric the Trainer. Austin Moe, Wayne Lozenak from Hatebreed, Fred Lecklerk from Creator and Dragon Force, and Brian Wheat of Tesla. The second member of Tesla, but it'll be the fourth time we've had a member of Tesla on this podcast. So really looking forward to getting that one out as well. So all that will be coming here in the new year, 2021. So we appreciate it. is where you can find everything. Follow us on all the socials. Share this. Like it. Retweet it, post it on Facebook, whatever you do. We appreciate the help. And I guess that covers it for another episode in another year. All right. Once again, a huge thank you to Med Farm, DEB Concerts, Hella Hot Hot Sauce, and Sunset Tattoo. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground.